Okay. Tyler, should yeah. I make my own soundboard out of an old tablet? I have a DB Tech video that's been sitting on my phone. It's like how to make your own stream deck so I can do bullshit sound effects. I mean, why not? You could always get a stream deck. I could, but then I would spend money. You know how cheap I am. Yeah, and I'll be completely honest with you, man. I was all hyped on the stream deck, so I bought one, yeah. and I used it extensively for months on end, Yeah. and now I'm I'm looking at it. It sits right below my monitor in front of my keyboard, and I haven't fucking touched it in like four months. Yeah, it, exactly. It's, so that's one of the... Like, I want to make one just so, so that I can do the odd bullshit sound effect, but... Fucking do it. Yeah. I don't see why not. I like I don't know if you've listened to um This is Important, the podcast This is Important. Mm, no. So it is all four of the homies from Workaholics. Oh shit. Okay. So they do a weekly or bi weekly podcast where they literally just the four of them get together and just like bullshit. Yeah. Talk about whatever. Yeah. But uh Blake he always he controls the soundboard and he always throws in these little sound effects while they're fucking doing stuff and yeah. like it's hilarious. Yeah, like there's uh one of the podcasts I listen to also like they they will do dumb shit like that every once in a while when it fits. So, all right, I think I'm gonna make my own. Do it. So I guess in case people haven't realized, uh, we're gonna kind of nuke the format once again, and just. We got like five weeks of shit and we're just going to fucking throw it at the wall and see what happens. So, yeah. If you. It's going to experiment a little. Yeah. So, if you don't like it, uh, our email is tuning through the static at gmail.com. Let us know. But fucking. Or we'll I'm, just continue to put out subpar content. Yeah. Or that. Um, I'm going to start with a fucking TELUS ISP rant. Yeah. Okay. Rant away. So, so apparently a week ago, I moved to Fort Mac according to my TELUS ISP, and I'm still there. Uh, so no matter what I do, my modem just says I'm in fucking Fort Mac. But that's not causing any issues. But here's the TELUS issues. So you know how I have been fighting with 4K HDR playback and like buffering issues? I do recall. Okay, I have it like determined that it is just something with my TELUS network. It can't be anything else. Because I thought, at first I thought it was cables. So I bought Cat8 cables. Yeah. Because I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna like, straight up, like, make sure cables are not the issue. Out of the modem, there's a Cat8 into my NAS, and into the shield. It's a gigabit straight through. But somehow I will get errors sometimes watching movies... Or it's just like, your network isn't fast enough. How? How? I actually, coincidentally enough, was looking at some uh, Reddit posts of people complaining about this yesterday. Because I heard a bunch of people that were like, oh, I love, I love Plex, but when it comes to 4K, I only use Infuse. Oh. Because for some reason, the front-end portion of Plex seems to botch 4k pretty pretty uh, regularly i guess and the general <laughs> consensus i saw a lot of people were using infuse because it allows it to play a whole lot better but then yeah. i was also reading that depending on what you're using as your front end it may not still support whatever that 4k format is in which case even if you're on your own network 
it still needs to transcode. Yeah. And so here's the thing that is like, so when it's buffering, it's not even transcoding. Like I installed Tantui. So I get like really good thing and I opened it up and literally not everything is direct. And like, so the other Friday night, I rewatched both the Matrix movies, 4K HDR, super high bit rates, both of them flawlessly. Went to go resume Logan, lower bit rate, buffered. Really weird. (laughs) It has to be Telus. It has to be. I don't know if it is, though, because in theory, Telus goes down and you have no internet. You should still be able to direct play in your own network. Yeah. So a simple test of that would be to just unplug the fucking fiber optic going into your TELUS modem and then fucking direct play something on your network. And if it's still kind of choppy and laggy, then it's pretty clearly not TELUS because direct playing in your own network should have no effect on where it's coming from. It's all internal, right? Yeah, and like I have tested too, like whenever the Plex had issues, I can just go into my Samba share on my PC and open it up in VLC and it plays flawlessly. So maybe it is a Plex thing. Maybe I need to fucking look at Jellyfin or something. Jellyfin or Infuse or you could also uh, just set up a fucking VLC front end where it pulls the library off of your own network. That is true. I just really like the Plex like everything in one place integration. One of my uh, co-workers also has his own uh, internal network server there. Yeah. But he doesn't use Plex at all. Oh. He does everything through... He uses Kodi as his front-end media player. A lot of people do. And he's told me that he hasn't ever run into issues with uh, any of his 4K content content, because he just... Everything goes through Kodi, and then if he needs his movies on the road, he has stuff pre-set up that his Android device will automatically rotate through his library and download stuff when he's connected to Wi-Fi and then delete Uh older stuff and it's just a constant rotation that's automatically set up through like an R-Sync type setup. Yeah. That's him though. Yeah, it's weird. I gotta fuck around with it because like 90% of the time it works flawlessly but then the other 5% of the time is like in the middle of a movie it's just like, hey, guess what? You're not watching it anymore. It's like there goes my night. <laughs> I guess yes, we'll watch it, something else. Thankfully, I don't have any of those problems because being poor as I am, we don't even own a 4K television. So Fair 4K enough. content, not really an option. But but you're also weird because like I went to go queue up the Matrix last night and you have a 4K HDR version of it. I do? Yeah. Because it was like, do you want to watch this on Tyler's NAS? Because we share our libraries. And I was like, why do you have 4K HDR for this? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know why I have a 4K part because I don't have a 4K TV, man. A part of me was going to click it just to see if your setup could handle it. Do it. Give her a fucking Tesco, man. I don't give a hoot. Yeah. But yeah, fucking us being cheap running home servers for all of our pvr content, air quotes, comes with its own challenges. Yeah, mine's been... Well, again, I'm not streaming 4K, uh, yeah. but I have had zero issues Aside from the fact that for whatever reason, sonar still won't automatically work correctly. Radar, no problem. Set, oh, it, in, 
Radar works flawlessly, man. I'll fucking go, yep, yeah, this is what I want. And when it becomes available, boom, no problems. Not sonar. Still to oh. this day, anything and everything I want in sonar, I got to go and fucking manually grab. Fuck. Seems like Which it's some sort of annoying. bullshit quality setting or something. Maybe, I don't know. I got That's rid weird. of my custom profiles and I just have the default ones and it still won't auto grab fucking anything, man. That's weird. And I've my lowered retention time. So like something only needs to be alive for like two fucking minutes before it gets the go ahead to do it. And still, won't, still won't do it. Yeah. I never had, yeah, I never had any issues with 1080p. Like not a single one. So I think it's 4K stuff. But then it's weird too. Like it's only 4K movies. Any 4K TV works fine. Hmm. So, yeah. fuck. Interesting. Well, I guess there's our fucking NAS rant for the day. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into some more rants. I just want to rant real quick about Big Fucking Brother. Have you watched? Are you still watching? Did you give up? Okay, so I am... Let's just open this up. I have... Uh, how many episodes do I have left? I've been trying to keep up with it, but... Okay, I think the last episode I watched was when they nominated for double eviction. Uh, so I haven't seen who gets evicted out of the double eviction yet. The so first Pat, double eviction? Uh, yes. Yeah. Fuck. You're a ways but, behind. Just talk about it. Just talk about it. Okay, I need to rant about this. So okay. They, you know, like, just a heads up. This is going to be major spoilers. Yep. Especially because the last bit of information I'm going to pull off of this came right off the fucking subreddit. Okay. So this, this last information has come off the live feeds. It hasn't aired on TV yet. So you've been fucking forewarned. Okay. All right. But basically from the beginning, these guys form the cookout, right? Right. The final six are going to be all color, people of color, so that they can guarantee the first big brother person of color win. Yep. Which. Sure. Okay, yeah, I get to an extent. I would like to point out that uh, the winner of Big Brother Canada last year was also a person of color. Okay. So I don't know if they can use that this is the first in the Big Brother history, because it's not. But okay. in Big Brother America, sure, I'll give that one okay. to you. Sure. So they bring the, they make it to the final six, and then they start picking each other off. Tiffany is the mastermind behind this whole fucking plan, and it was brilliant. I didn't okay. care for Tiffany. And naturally, most other people didn't. But if it wasn't for her, the cookout wouldn't have even been the cookout, and they definitely wouldn't have made the cookout to the final six. She gets pegged off right away. Okay. Turns out that one that night is also a double eviction, the second double eviction of the season, and they take out Hannah, which was Tiffany's closest ally. Okay. So that leaves Kai, Xavier, Aza, and Big D, smoking okay. Joe Frazier's son. Big Derek. Okay. Derek, Derek Frazier. So, Island and Xavier are both motherfucking machines. They are competition beasts. Like, pretty much every competition that Xavier actually wants to win, he wins. And the competitions that he's lost this season, he's thrown for the benefit right. of the cookout. The guy's right. he's crazy. But he's also got an amazing social game. Kylan, on the other hand, he wins lots of competitions, but he doesn't have a very good social game. He pisses off the wrong people on a pretty regular basis, and he's kind of wishy-washy. Nonetheless, there's four of them left. Big D has a has a final two with Xavier that they made on day one, and then Big D also made a final two deal with Kylan on, like, week two. 
Okay. So he's got final two deals with both those guys, but Oz is his best friend in the house. Right. Now, Xavier also has that final deal with Big D, but then Kylan, and I respect the hell out of him for it, goes to Xavier and says, hey, I don't want to go up against floaters. Like, I'm here to play a game. I'm about competition. I'm about, you know, like going hard and pushing the limits and pushing the boundaries and being the best that I can be. And I'm not going to do that if I'm just against a bunch of floaters because they don't pose a threat. They're not a challenge. Right. So Highland goes, goes to X and says, I want to make a final two with you. I want you and I to be sitting in the final two seats because you and I are the only two genuine competitive, the real beasts of this whole fucking game left. Xavier agrees. But Xavier's also a former lawyer, an incredibly smart man, and realizes that if he goes to final two with Kylan, there is a chance that he would lose. Right. But if he goes to a final two with either Azza or Derek, who neither of them have won anything, they've literally somehow managed to take the entire season and spend it crying and sleeping, are now in the final four. He goes, well, I might take one of these guys because then I know. Finale night, it's an easy fucking pick, right? Yeah. I've won HOHs. I've won fucking veto comps. I've won this. I've won that. I've nominated these people. I've kicked these people out. Azza hasn't. Big D hasn't. So, comes down to Final Four. Azza nominates fucking Kyland and uh, and Xavier. Yeah. No, Xavier gets the final one. Xavier nominates Kyland and Azza. Okay. First time Azza's been on the block. And doesn't nominate Big D. Kylan doesn't think anything of it. It's the final four. So whoever wins veto that week, they're the one who gets to cast the sole vote to evict, right? Because two right. people on the block at a household only votes in the event of a tie. So that week, it doesn't really matter who's on the block. Whoever wins power veto won't be on the block and gets to vote. Xavier wins the power of veto during his own HOH. Okay. So Kylan's expecting him to take Kylan off the block and Kylan will cast the sole vote to evict. Xavier decides, hey, I'm not going to use this unless Big D cast the final vote. Okay. Big D, Kylan, and Xavier, they all made a final three, but Xavier convinces Big D, no, the best thing for us is if we get Kylan out. Okay. So Big D goes, I vote to evict Kylan. Kylan gets booted out. Kylan okay. is fucking stunned. Okay. Because he did not see it coming because he had a final three with the boys plus a final two with Big D, plus a final two with Xavier. In his mind, he wasn't going anywhere, and he gets right. booted out. He's so fucking mad about this that he gets up, packs his, like, grabs his bag. He's about to leave the house because he was just evicted, and he turns to Xavier and goes, I need to know why. And Xavier goes, dude, it's just a game move. That's the best move for my game. Yeah, sure. So I guess Xavier has a nephew named Kobe. Okay. That you didn't really see him mentioned on TV, but I guess Kyland and X have talked about their family like throughout the season to each other. Okay. And they both, I guess, had a previous conversation where they've always said that like they're the younger siblings in their family, they've always wanted to be a role model for them. They wanted to be someone that their their younger siblings could look up to. Oh, so does he start going after the fucking Yeah, man. So oh. he, he looks at fucking Xavier and goes, well, like, you're not being a good role model to little Kobe. Like, how is Kobe going to look fuck. up to you as an uncle right now? Oh, like, fuck. Not the man you thought you'd be or th or said you would be. And kind of Xavier goes, hey, man, I suggest you 
keep my nephew's name out of your mouth. Yeah. No and shit. then Kylan keeps going and he's just like, well, you're not really a role model. Like who's, who's little oh, Kobe got to look up to now and kind of like keeps. Do they fist It looked like Xavier was ready to like Xavier on, a, oh, on multiple fuck. occasions is like, stop talking about my nephew, Kai, stop talking about my nephew, Kai. And oh, Kai just fuck. keeps going. He goes, you're a terrible role model. He's got no adult figure to look out to. You have no like integrity and blah, blah, blah. To the point where the producers are like, cause he's supposed oh, to shit. be out the fucking house. He got yeah. evicted. Yeah. So the producers are on the fucking coming over the speakers. Like Kylan exit the house. Kylan, please leave oh, the house. Shit. It got like real intense. I, I, I think I need to watch that episode because that's the juicy shit that I love on that show is where people just start getting cut fucking throat. Oh, man. It was in, like Kylan was like mad and he was going after X and X was mad. Like, oof, it got real intense. All right. So then that leads us to the final three. So it's Xavier, Kaza, okay. Big D. And even as far as you've watched, because you're still a little ways behind, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you've noticed that Oz and Big D haven't done a fucking thing this whole season. No. So somehow, after all this, their final three, now Big D, he's got... His head grew, like, inflated ten times its normal size. So now he's walking around the house, and he's like, oh, I'm in final three, and I deserve to win because I'm a master manipulator. I played the best social game out of anyone i i'm the reason these people got voted out and it's like no you're not you yeah you cast a vote because you were told to you didn't yeah. manipulate anyone like all these targets were other people's targets and you were like yeah i agree let's send him out that doesn't mean that you were responsible for it yes but he's got this ego going where he thinks all of a sudden like he's the best fucking like he literally thinks he's the best player in big brother history right now but he literally he hasn't done anything he hasn't won a single fucking competition man and it infuriates me that he thinks he's so good. And literally the only reason he's there is because everyone took him that far because they're like, if I end up in final two next to Big D, I will win. Because yeah. everybody in this house knows he did nothing. Big D hasn't done anything, therefore doesn't deserve to win. Right. But Big D flips that. And in Big D's mind, he's there because he's a machine. <laughs> and at one point he even says that he's purposely tried to lay low because he didn't want other players to realize that he is a comp beast which is just i don't know it almost Fuck. feels insulting as a viewer yeah huh. uh, yeah and then he even so much he even goes as far as to he him and Azo were sitting there reflecting on like the whole season and how they got where they are and big d kind of like casually is like oh well you know the only reason you're here in final three is because I brought you here. Right. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, like you're only here because of me. I, I brought you to final three. And she's like, no, I played my own game and I kept low and I made friends with this people. And he's like, no, I protected you. I did this for you. Like if it wasn't for me, you would have been evicted out of this house weeks ago. And so like that made a little fucking rift. But the fact that the final three consists of one dude who's won multiple head of households, multiple vetoes, multiple side challenges great social game and he's sitting next to two people who i shit you not the most of the season they're laying in bed moping yep and it just infuriates me how we got to this point and then i found out on the <clears throat> big brother subreddit some people were throwing down spoiled feelers okay or feed spoilers yep wow botched that one he Man. uh 
someone was posted, and I don't know if it's true because I haven't seen the show and I haven't watched the live feeds, but it sounds like from what I gathered, and here's the big spoiler for anyone who wants to not hear this part, is that Big D won his first fucking win for this final three thingy. Okay. So Big D is going to finale night. Okay. It, it huh. sounds like the impression I got is the final two going to finale night are Big D and Xavier. So it seems like this is Xavier's game to lose. We well, would think there's no way Xavier can lose. You like the That's only I mean. way Xavier would have lost is if Aza and Big D made it to final two. In which case, like I don't, I wouldn't even want to watch the last episode because I don't care which one of them wins. Neither of them deserve yeah. it. Yeah, from the start, I figured Xavier would be like final two for sure because that guy was just smart as a whip. He's incredibly smart. Well, I, like, and does anyone know he's a lawyer still? Like he, because I know he was holding know. that close to the chest. He was like, "Yeah, I'm a bartender," and like didn't tell anyone. I don't know if anyone's aware that he's a lawyer yet. To be honest, I, I know the the. I think it was was Hannah sitting at the table once was like, "Oh, X, you you sound like you'd be a good lawyer." Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and he played but, it off, but yeah. yeah. But I don't know if anyone has like legit figured it out yet. But because like right from the beginning, like every time you saw that guy on screen, it was like, "Okay, that guy's playing like chess, and everyone else is just." bringing out the checkers board because mm-hmm. he's yeah he was smart as a whip so if he wins uh that doesn't surprise me no and i i i hope he wins he deserves to win yeah. he's far none the best player in that house right now oh for sure without he's been a doubt making like moves since day one so uh, fuck okay if we're gonna rant about some more stuff i'm gonna rant about fucking jake paul in boxing God. you mean the next greatest boxer fuck my sport has been killed. My only sport. Okay, but he, I, I don't think any of the boxing matches he's done have been fully sanctioned professional fucking no, fights, though. So. They haven't been, which is like what brings me to like, okay, they're clearly not going to stop their fucking new age boxing. He needs to be put in the ring with someone in his weight class that actually boxes, not these fucking exhibition fights. I, so I don't follow this that much. I do, for some reason, get interested in some of this, like, YouTube YouTuber drama. Oh, yeah. I, I've gone down that rabbit hole where I'm like, give me the juiciest YouTube drama from the past, like, six months. <laughs> but, yeah, sure. As, as far as I'm aware, because uh, he signed a contract with Showtime Boxing, right? Both yep. of them did. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, given his uh, fight history so far, his next fight actually has to be against a legit boxer because okay. the 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 whole draw for all because they've made tons of money off oh, of this right yeah yeah but the whole draw was everyone just wanted to see jake paul get knocked out because mm-hmm. he's such a easily hateable character oh yeah and i like i hate them both i'll be honest <laughs> and that's fair and you know what the more i see them and stuff like i hate them too but then i like at the same time, I have the utmost respect for oh, both of them totally. because they are master fucking manipulators oh, yeah, and they totally. are fucking like masters of uh I respect the hustle. Yeah, I respect yeah, like, the hustle for sure. It is crazy. They are so good and they know this. They know yep. that people want to see them lose. So they yep. go to the extremes to like, you know, villainize themselves so that people are tuning in not because they want to watch boxing. People are paying for these pay-per-views. Strictly to see, because to see them get fingers hit. Fingers crossed, someone knocks this fucker out, right? Yeah. And well, it's a brilliant strategy. Oh, for sure. I mean, look at when uh, the older brother did Mayweather, right? Yeah. 
like everyone knew he was going to lose, but it was just whether he was going to hit the mat or not, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so and it's like, but yeah, like I want fucking one of them to go up against someone not Mayweather because Mayweather doesn't knock people out. That's not his game. No, but, like someone like to go in that is like you know a pound for pound like in their weight class go against one of these Paul brothers where it's like, hey, let me just show you what this fucking sport is. So the thing is, though, is definitely I it's by everything that I've heard and read and stuff like that is that's the direction it's going because people are going to stop paying to watch Jake Paul fight non-boxers. And like newsflash to everyone, you don't have to pay. Yeah, either way. <laughs> so the draw and the allure is starting to diminish because it's like, okay, cool. We get it. You can throw a punch and like, maybe you're not an all-star boxer, but I mean, you have to admit the guy does have some fucking talent. Yes. Like when I watch them, like someone that has boxed before and for a lot of years, like they got, they got talent for sure. Yeah. So people are like, okay, cool. Like you want to keep sitting here gloating that you're an amazing boxer and you're undefeated. Well, box a fucking boxer. Yeah. Quit boxing youtubers and like washed out ufc <laughs> fighters who aren't boxers they're ufc fighters yeah because those are just different realms right like yeah. the rules are fucking different in that regard yeah. so it sounds like that's kind of where they're leaning is they're like if we want to keep this train going you got to train harder and we have to actually put you in the ring with a boxer and i wouldn't yep. be surprised if they pick a pretty mediocre boxer mm-hmm. for him pat- to fight they'll pat him but i've heard and i don't know if it's going to happen but it seems like tyson fury has been fucking calling him out. All right. Or maybe it's Tyson Fury's the main boxer, and then it's his son who's also it's a one of the Fury family of boxers. Right. Is like, yeah, no, I'll fucking let's go, let's go, let's go, yeah. let's go. And he's been pushing it hard. And rumor has it that that may or may not be the next fight that he's actually going to fight a boxer. That'll be like I if the next fight is like another bullshit exhibition, I'm not going to watch it. But if it's an actual boxer one, I will tune in because like. You saw that when the older brother did Mayweather, like you saw that like they like they have boxing skills, like his footwork and like all that stuff was good. And like they're natural athletes, so of course they're going to pick it up. But like you just saw how much he fucking sucked at boxing going up against Mayweather, right? You know, like and I don't even like to count that fight for a multitude of reasons. One being the fact that like Logan has like what a foot in height on him and he's got like a six inch fucking arm length. Reach, reach advantage. advantage and he's like a hundred and some pounds heavier than him yeah and like he still barely functioned out of there so like yeah. that's for anyone who's like man he, i can't believe he survived mayweather that's impressive mayweather's amazing it's like yes and no but i mean you put anyone who's gargantually bigger than mayweather who has any boxing ability mayweather's not in yeah. this day and age he's not a fucking striker he's a defensive no. player he never he, really has been a striker no like he's got some knockouts but i mean his 50 like 50 win streak or whatever like and there's only three like of them yeah three or, them? three or four like he mayweather's whole strategy is like the dude has the best cardio in boxing so like i remember um reading an article when he was training so when he trains for sparring so you, it's like 12 three minute rounds of a standard boxing thing i don't think people realize how much of a cardio thing that is until you do it mm-hmm. like it's a lot because you're going that whole three minutes yeah. So when Mayweather was training his cardio, and I don't know if he still does this, but he would do 12, 12 minute rounds. Wow. Yeah. And that's why everyone gasses out when they fight him is because like the dude's cardio is fucking insane. He'll take you to the end and tire you out and get the points. Mm-hmm. So. 
So yeah, I mean, like that would be, I don't know. I honestly would make that akin to like, I have no boxing experience in my fucking life, but I'm 240 fucking pounds. I'm six feet. You put me in the ring against someone who's four foot five and weighs 130 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. And they're a professional boxer. I bet you any amount of money I could make my way to the end of that without getting knocked out. Yeah. So I yeah. don't think it's indicative of a, a real fight, but Mayweather said from the beginning, this is a fucking payday. Yeah, exactly. He totally exactly knew what that fight was. So he yeah. played it up where he's like, I'm going to take this kid fucking all the way to the end. And yeah. Uh, so what? of course Mayweather isn't going to do that because he doesn't need to. Right. He did. He did it for the paycheck. See, and what I would like to see is, I, I don't get me wrong, I have a lot of respect for boxing. It's very technical. You have to be, you yeah. know, on your toes. You got to pay attention, and it's very strategic mm -hmm. and obviously very physically demanding cardio-wise and stuff. But with the amount of shit that both of these guys talk, I don't want to see them box a real boxer. I want to see them step into the octagon with no. an actual fucking fighter in their weight class. Because when you're boxing, you can just keep moving back right yeah. like if you don't know how to swing or you don't be, think you'll be able to get that punch in if you just keep your gloves up and you keep moving around the ring like the whole first like two rounds of that match with mayweather was just logan paul essentially moving backwards and moving backwards and moving backwards yeah it's like because it's like i you said them, it's way more strategic and like defensive whereas the octagon is like i'm coming at you and you got nowhere to go yeah in, in the octagon it's like you have to and i i don't not to say that the octagon isn't strategic or oh yeah or physically demanding that you need stamina for but i mean like if you're in the octagon and someone's backing away from you well you can fucking sweep the legs you can throw mm -hmm. a kick you can grab them and throw them onto the ground and when they're on the ground you can pummel them you yeah. can't do that in boxing right yeah as yeah. long as he stays on his feet and keeps out of the swing path yeah which I think is easier to do mm -hmm. than to try and avoid getting pummeled in the ring. Oh, so like sure, I yeah. would love to see either of those two guys in the actual appropriate weight class go against any UFC fighter where they can't just slide to the side. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, can't get me. I'm over here. Now I'm over here. And it's like, okay, cool. So I'm going to grab you by the feet. I'm going to pick you up and drop you on your head. <laughs> Yeah. And then when you're stunned trying to figure out what you do and you're on your back like a I'm fucking gonna keep turtle, <laughs> I'm going to start hammer fisting your face. Yeah. And I'd love to see how either of them would put up in a in a situation like that. Yeah, I think like the thing that uh, that uh, we've been talking about and I think what everyone wants is just like get them in to their weight class with someone that is like experienced in that field. Like get them up against someone whether it's in the octagon or boxing. Like get them in the same weight class with someone that actually does the sport and see how they hold up. Mm -hmm. So yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it's going to have to be. Cause like you're only going to get so far when you keep fighting non fighters. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. we get it. Like, just like no one would want to see Floyd Mayweather get into a ring with a fucking 12 year old boxer. Yeah. Like that's exactly. not that entertaining because we know exactly how this is going to play out. Yeah. So Put in some real challengers that can actually do some stuff that actually give the guy a run for his money. Yeah. Yeah. Here's hoping. All right. Boxing rant over. Boxing rant over. All right. Oh, so did you, Go ahead. Can we talk about the Jeopardy drama for a second? Yeah. I'm not familiar, but please go on. Last okay. I heard it was being hosted by the chick from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. So she, yeah. Okay. So Jeopardy is a show that shouldn't have drama, right? Yeah. That's a fair statement, I'd say. Okay. So, you know, 
Oh, they were looking for like a new host. Yeah. And all that. And they were like trialing everyone. Mm -hmm. So it turns out Mike Richard, who was the executive producer of Jeopardy, was the one that was like searching for the host. Um, so they trial run all those hosts. And then after they all did that, Mike Richards was like, hey, I'm going to be the host. So he was like, so he basically just gave the host job to himself. Oh, yeah. And so He's, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just quick interjection here. So Mike Richards was a producer. Yeah. So he's never been a host. He's not an actor. He was just a producer and decided I'm going to be the fucking host. As far as I can tell. Yep. Okay. Okay. I'm following you here. Yeah. So the fans collectively went like, what the fuck? Like we, we don't really want this. Um, so he gave himself the hosting job and people are like, all right, whatever. And so then some things came out that it turns out Mike Richards is kind of a piece of shit. And there was some allegations and stuff. And so Jeopardy went, okay, we're going to fire Mike Richards as the producer and the host. Oof. <laughs> and uh, as it turns out right now, um, the girl from Big Bang Theory and Ken Jennings are going to host jeopardy now after mike richards got fired uh through 2021 until jeopardy figures out who is actually going to be the host <laughs> wow yeah so like seeing this unfold was just like oh the guy just gave himself the job and then it turns out he's a piece of shit and he got fired and turns out all those interim hosts didn't really matter because he was just going to give himself the job anyway fuck wow <laughs> that's uh that's something else right like if you see here's the thing that always blows my mind about situations like that like mike richards giving himself the job like obviously that wasn't that's not going to be well received if he doesn't no. have a history of it and he's more or less not qualified right yeah it kind of goes back to the like every actor thinks they're a producer and every fucking yeah. producer thinks they're a director which they all then think that they're screenwriters and blah 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 right like yeah, there's nothing wrong with exploring different things outside your lane. But I mean, when you're a producer, just because you're around stuff doesn't make you qualified. Like, I listen to a lot of music. That does not make me a qualified music producer. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm sorry to fucking say. But the next thing is, is like, we're still in the golden age of like, Me Too and cancel culture. So if you've done some shady shit, if you've done some bad things in your life, yep. you know that you've done these bad things. And in your head, you're like, hey, man, like no one said anything yet. Thankfully, I'm scot-free. But the, I would think that an intelligent person would be like, I've done bad things in my past. No one's brought them up yet. I would like to keep it that way. So I'm going to keep myself off to the side and out of the limelight. And the mm -hmm. moment you put yourself front and center stage, you open the door to fucking complete scrutiny from everyone on the planet. So I yep. don't know what he was thinking where he would be okay to put himself under this kind of scrutiny and look now he doesn't have a fucking hosting job or a producing job like yeah yeah he just he self-tanked his career because he wanted to be famous on tv i don't know yeah it's it's fucking weird it's just seems like a poor strategy yeah and it was just fascinating to see like this much drama around jeopardy like yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's messed up. Mm -hmm. But interesting nonetheless. Yeah. And what else we got here? I 
want to talk about Ray Donovan. Okay. What have we got for Ray Donovan? Fucking an approximate premiere date. Like, I just want this movie already. I need to know how this fucking wraps up. Yeah. So what are they saying? First quarter 2022? I believe so. February-ish? Just too far away. Like, I want it right now. Yeah. Like, I've been, since the world's worst fucking cut me off at the knees ending and then cancellation of that show. Like, for the love of fuck, man, just let them do, like, they already had it planned that they needed one season to close the whole show out. Yep. Why would you just cancel it? And then sink all this money into doing a movie to make up for it. You might as well just done the final goddamn season. Yep. I'm... I'm curious if a movie is, is enough to give the fans a satisfying ending. It's not going to be. That's the problem. Yeah. I think it'll be like, this is like the best we have, so like this is the best you're going to get. <laughs> Which is just, that's, it's heartbreaking, man. Because it was such a tremendous show. Yeah. And like, granted, it kind of like petered down a little bit, but I definitely felt like it was back on the upswing towards the end, that it was going back oh. to like original Ray Donovan. So to see them just, yeah, we're canceling it. And we'll give him a movie. Like, you don't do that. Like, yeah. Entourage is the prime example of how you would do a movie. Yeah. Like, we wrapped it all up nicely, but it's like, hey, you want to know how things are going, you know, a couple years down the road? Yeah. Here's a little after movie. You yep. don't take a season where it's like anywhere from eight to 14 episodes that are an hour in length and go, we're just going to condense a whole season worth of material into an hour and a half movie. Yeah. Like, what a fucking. Yeah. I was fucking. I'm. I'm really curious how that movie's going to wrap it up because. Yeah. Fuck. What was this? Some association uh, president is saying uh, pandemic fueled piracy surge. Yeah, does that come as a surprise to fucking anyone? No. Especially with fucking. How much fucking streaming services are now right like what is netflix 20 bucks a month for the top plan i think yeah it's getting expensive and it's getting more and more expensive oh, yeah i mean like like do they have data to back this up or like are they just throwing this out there to say that like i don't know i i, I feel like what it is is they're People aren't going to the theaters yet because we're still in a pandemic era. Yeah. And so they're day and dating a lot of stuff or releasing it after the fact. And I, I genuinely just think people aren't watching as much movies as they used to that don't show up on their default streaming services. So they're going, oh, yeah, people aren't watching our shit. It's piracy. That's why they're not watching it. And it's like, or maybe it's the fact that, you know, theater capacity is one third of what it used to be. People are still scared to leave their house. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there that, like, if they're going to pay $30, $40 to see a movie, some people would still rather pay that $30, $40 and see it on a big screen in the big chairs with the theater popcorn and yep. not at home with their crying baby two feet away, you know? Yep. Yeah, totally. But then you look at some of the other data, and I can't remember where it was. I should have saved the article, but there were some articles that were being written on some of this day and date stuff, and they're like, yeah, no, this is actually working out really, really well. This is doing phenomenal for the numbers. Yeah, and then that leads into, I mean, this other thing where Sony exec is saying, like, date streaming theatrical is devastating to the film industry, so it's like... 
Yeah, see, the one thing that I, I still can't comprehend or wrap my head around are the particularly, uh, I'm going to use the word artistic and creative directors and writers and producers that claim that they just want the fans to experience this piece of art that they made. Yep. And that's their whole goal is they want to share this vision, this art, this, this craft with the world. Mm-hmm. And then they get a day and date release and they get fucking furious. And it's like, well, if it's not about the money, if it's literally just about sharing your vision and all this other stuff, then what do you matter if it's day and date or not? Like, as far as I'm concerned, if you really just want to share your creative vision with the world and have as many people see it as possible, then why do you fucking care if it's released at home or in theaters? Yeah. That brings me to, so there's one of these articles I have in here, but I'm going to try to find the other one. So Christopher Nolan switched production, like distribution companies. Mm -hmm. And the caveats that come with picking up his movie are fucking insane. Such as? I'm just going to try to find it because I don't have the link. Um... So Universal is uh, like distributing it. Um, I'm just trying to see if this article I found has like. But it was something like he had like it was like some ridiculous level of control where it's like minimum 120 day theatrical window full like back-end friend-end creative control on marketing and like like apparently it's just like and like apparently you just hand them the keys and it's like the studio can't touch it <laughs> really yeah like apparently it's like i can't find the article about it but but yeah apparently it, it if you want to do his movie apparently you just got to let him do his thing but, i expected stuff like this to happen though uh, yeah but i mean and the thing is is some of the big boys out there, they can get away with this, right? Oh, sure. Like, like a Nolan can or a Tarantino can. Yeah, for sure. They can absolutely go that route and people are still going to pour some money. But I feel like that's going to cause a lot of the other younger, newer, not as experienced and I'll just say it bluntly, not as talented writer, director guys out there that are like, oh, well, this is Nolan's approach. I want the same approach. And it's like, your movie is a straight to DVD in the best of times, so I'm no, we're not. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yep. Okay, so here's some details people are saying. Like, so this is going to Universal and it is going to be an exemption from like their 45 day window that they have between like day and date. So, like, his will be longer in the ex- and the exception. Um, also, he has a requirement that no other. Uh, Universal movie opens three weeks before or three weeks after his movie, so it doesn't cannibalize what? his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Universal puts out a lot of movies, so to basically clear a fucking five week or a seven week, three weeks before and three weeks after—that's seven weeks where Universal can't put out a movie. There's only fifty-two weeks in a year, and Universal pumps out quite a bit of movies. Yeah, and it seems like maybe the clause is like they have to like really try not to or something like that, but like it's like Yeah. And apparently he's got a pretty greasy back end deal and final cut. So and they they completely signed and agreed on all this? Well, so like some of these details are like not confirmed because it's like 
you know, Variety and the Hollywood Reporter were saying, like, sources from the inside are saying that some of these details are kind of thing. But, like, of course, they're not going to disclose contract details like this. But it's, like, people saying, like, this is some of the stuff that kind of comes with it. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. So it seems like if you're picking up a Nolan movie, you're kind of giving him the keys to your studio for a few weeks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Because... I don't know if how much longer that weight's going to carry, though. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, if we're talking Nolan of, like, the Inception and the Interstellar and the Batman trilogy era, then yeah, I, totally. I think he would have enough clout. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Tenet. Yeah, me too. But Tenet, I don't think, was as good as Interstellar or fucking Inception. Yeah. And I can't remember what I thought I saw something the other day where it's like Christopher Nolan's next movie is going to be this. It's like World I, War II. Something. Yeah. I read a synopsis on it and I was like that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll see a trailer and maybe I'll be intrigued. But like just in hearing it, it's like that's I'm not dying to see that. Especially like Inception. I was like, oh, fuck, give me Inception. I need to see Inception. Yeah. Like I like Nolan when he does the weird shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like uh, what was that movie? The period one he did before Tenant. Oh shit! What was that called? Mm -hmm. The war one mm -hmm. with the beach. I don't remember what it was called, but I thought it was like very not good. And like I came out of that movie going like, "That was Christopher Nolan. What the fuck?" Did he? Was it nineteen seventeen? Was that him? No, nineteen seventeen is amazing. That was Sam Mendes. I didn't overly care for it, to be honest. See, I love nineteen seventeen uh, because I love how they did the one shot for the whole movie manipulation. I love when movies do that. Because if you do it right, it's fucking rad as hell. Dunkirk. Yes, Dunkirk. I thought that movie was fucking trash. Yeah, it wasn't very good. So, I I don't know. Like, he, they're pitching this as a World War II epic. So, like, if it's like a 1917, I'm probably down with it. But at the same time... I think Nolan is best when he's doing the weird ideas, like an Interstellar or an Inception or fucking Memento. Yeah, or the Hugh Jackman magician one. You know, when it's like the weird mind fucks, right? I don't. Just a little side piece here. I don't yeah. know if you are aware of this, but uh, just looking at his IMDb here, he's redoing Memento. What? Fuck they, off! They are remaking Memento. He is, or he, someone is. He is writing a remake of Memento. And it says what? right there, remake of the 2000 film Memento about a man suffering from short-term memory loss while trying to track down his wife's killer. I don't know if it, but and then it says the writer is Christopher Nolan, and then it says based on the screenplay by. Fucking what? That is the newest listing on his IMDb page, and it just, it says in brackets right beside it, announced. Oh yeah, so I just googled it, and here's an article from The Verge. Christopher Nolan's Memento is getting a remake nobody asked for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fucking what? Huh. I wonder if this is a weird thing with, because that was one of his early movies, like I wonder if he doesn't have the IP for it or something. Like, I wonder if the studio holds the back-end IP and they're like, yo, we're going to remake this and you can help us write it or you can not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't that, know. That is a movie that does not need to be remade. 
Yeah, I don't think so either, but... Okay, so while we're talking about fucking remade stuff, I checked out that Amazon Cinderella movie. My god. Yeah, like I mentioned before we came on air here, I don't understand how this is any of a surprise okay. to you whatsoever that it's a fucking Cinderella remake not made by Disney, which, like, I don't even know how, given Disney Plus is a thing, how Amazon scooped up the rights to even well, it's, fucking do it's, this. It's Cinderella is, like, one of those... It's like uh, Hansel and Gretel. Like, it's, like, so old that anybody, anybody can use it, right? Mm, fair which enough. The same as The Little Mermaid, right? Because there's, I think, a Universal movie coming out that's The Little Mermaid too, right? Well, I know they're remaking The Little Mermaid, but I thought that was done by Disney. Disney's doing one, and I, then you, uh, another studio's doing one. Really? Because I yep. always thought, like, I knew that, I didn't think Cinderella was made by Disney, but I thought Little Mermaid, that whole story, everything was straight up Disney made. No, so, Disney is doing one, and then another studio is doing one, so. Oh, interesting. All right. Nonetheless, I digress. Yeah. A fucking remake of Cinderella on Prime with Camilla Cabello. I, I, I wasn't expecting much, but I was hoping that like there'd be like, I'm, I'm a slut for a good musical. So I was like, if there's a few good musical numbers, I can like smoke some weed and have a good time. But the musical numbers were just cookie cutter fucking pop hits. Fucking James Corden was in it, which fuck him. And like, even their original numbers sucked. And I was like, this just fucking sucks. I, so I, I've seen a few. I just want to interject okay. with James Corden here. Okay. So I, I know, unless he doesn't do it anymore, but he was late night talk show. And he I know still does I've, it yet. I've seen some of his bits. I know that he likes musicals and stuff, but I feel like he's just. Like, I don't know, that that token gay friend that ends up in gay music, in, like, these musicals because of, like, he's gay and likes musicals. Like, no slight against him and his lifestyle or anything like that. But, like, yeah. I mean, it was, like, just, like, how he ended up in Cats. Yeah, yeah. Like, like no, he just shows no up. He has no business being in Cats. And yeah. I'm going to guess that he's got no business being in the Cinderella remake. No, absolutely. He has no business. He just shows up in movies. And then, like, anytime I see him in a movie, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? I, I and I like the episodes I've seen and the skits I've seen from his late night talk show. I I like it. I like it when he does the carpool karaoke and like yeah. those little things for sure. I'm all into it. I don't think that he's a phenomenal actor by any stretch, and I don't see how he keeps ending up in these musicals. Yeah. So uh, here's a funny thing. So have you have you ever seen the James Corden ask me anything that went super wrong? No. Okay, so forewarning, apparently he is like a gigantic asshole in real life. So, oh, like, are we talking like uh, Ellen DeGeneres asshole? I don't know if it's like that level where he's like abusing his staff, but apparently he's just like super entitled and shit like that. Huh. So they went to do an Ask Me Anything on Reddit, and they, accident they accidentally posted it to the Am I the Asshole subreddit instead, because they didn't know how it worked. And so all of Reddit piled in on this thread, and you can still find it, and it's fucking hilarious. And they were all giving real-life examples of, like, why are you the asshole? Because I saw you ream this person out at a restaurant because your order was five minutes behind. And it was just, like, examples of that, and then, like, they didn't answer anything, but it was just people piling on of, like, real examples of, like, him just not being nice. <laughs> you know what I find hilarious about that? 
is it yeah. always seems to be the ones that go out of their way to project their public image mm-hmm. that they are incredibly nice and kind and very humble and down to earth and a, a real person of the people, right? Yeah. Those people tend to be the worst, like yeah. James Corden and Ellen DeGeneres. And then you have like the people who actually are probably the most down to earth, real people in the world, like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Who like that guy gives away like half of his fucking budget from every movie that he makes to charities, but he doesn't tell anyone that. No. no. It's like the people that need everyone to know how nice and kind and humble they are are just throwing that up. So they're like, okay, the more I throw out here in the public eye, the less they'll realize how terrible I am. Yeah. And like people like Keanu are just like decent human beings that they're like, I don't need to tell people this. I just feel good about doing it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Fucking. But yeah, don't watch the Cinderella movie. I won't. But while we're speaking of ridiculous musicals that never get need to be made. Okay. I was recently trying to pick a movie last night to watch. Wasn't okay. sure what to watch. So I was scrolling through the, like, hey, here's what's coming to Netflix soon. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen this list recently? Have you looked at it? No. Do like, I want to? I think you would. Okay. I saw this and my first thought was like, oh God, Benny's going to love the shit out of this. Okay. I, I don't know if it's this Tuesday or this Friday. It's within the next week. Netflix is releasing a Princess Diana musical. Oh. oh what it, is this? It looks terrible. But I don't care about the royal family, even in the slightest. And I especially don't care about musicals. But I saw it and was like, oh, God, Benny's going to be like fucking soaking in his own pants. Diana the Musical. There's a trailer for this. Oh, my God. I need to click on this real quick. Ugh. It's based off a. Oh, it's a Broadway show. Fuck off. I'm not into that anymore. Don't even pretend that you don't like Broadway. Don't even fucking pretend. I I do, but I don't like watching it on TV. You're going to sit here and tell me that you didn't watch Hamilton on Disney Plus? No. You're a fucking liar and you know it. I haven't. You fucking liar. I haven't. I have it, but I haven't watched it. Okay, so speaking of musicals, fucking Pitch Perfect is getting a series? I'm only interested if Kendrick's in it. Adam Devine is. I like Adam Devine, but if Kendrick's not in it, I, I, like, I love Adam Devine and I love yeah. the stuff that he's in. I think he's hilarious. I Workaholics, though. I don't yeah. think he's done anything that's compared to Workaholics. Like that show is just masterfully crafted. Yeah. But yeah, I'll main- I maintain my statement. If Kendrick isn't in there, if Rebel Wilson isn't in there, then I'm not, not interested. They haven't released anything else. They basically just are saying, like, there's a Pitch Perfect series. And he's starring in it. They haven't announced anyone else. I wonder if it's, it's going to be a spinoff when centered around his character. That's, I guess, what I would imagine is it's going to be that. Which, like, eh, the magic of Pitch Perfect is that cast. Yeah. So. An all or none for sure kind of thing in my eyes, but. Yes. Okay. And since we're still on the subject of musicals, Dancing with the Stars is back, baby. And they announced their cast. You, you want to know something super interesting about that? Okay. Literally, not a single person on this planet cares except you. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. 
that show will finally intrigue me when Dancing with the Stars features an actual star. An actual star. They have someone from The Office. <laughs> Let me guess. The guy who plays Kevin. No, it's uh, Angela. Oh, yeah. But Angela Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah, and then, still don't fucking care. Yeah, and like other than that, like... Okay, so they crossed the fucking, like, the millennial bridge with this one, and they got a YouTuber on it, which is which, like... Which fuck, one? Uh, I have no idea. I didn't recognize the name. What does it say here? David Dobrik? Influencer Olivia Jade. I have no idea who that is. You don't know who fucking Olivia Jade is, guy? No. Uh, do you not remember the UCLA college scandal? <gasps> oh, right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Her mom is a famous actress known for Full House. Used to be married to Uncle Jesse. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's right. Okay. I, I don't know if I'd go as far as a call. I mean, I've, she's got a ton of Instagram followers, a bunch of YouTube followers, but it's not like she's... I don't know. When I think like an actual famous YouTuber, I'm, I think about people that put out like actual mm -hmm. content that garners a lot of views. Yeah. I think that she's literally a celebrity kid who made a YouTube channel and happens to be an attractive looking woman yep. and therefore has a lot of followers. Yeah. And then and they got one of the Spice Girls, which who cares? Well, hold on. Which one? Is it posh? Is it sporty? Uh, oh, it's going to be Ginger Spice, isn't it? It's going to be Jerry Hallowell. Who is it? Uh, Mel C. Who is that? Mel B was scary spice so mel c that would be that'd be sporty or posh which sporty, one is sporty spice okay because then posh spice that's the one that's married to beckham yeah I'm so a, yeah i'm a 33 year old fucking male and i can tell you who the spice girls are jesus <laughs> yeah so i i watched half of the opening night uh the other night and like so far it's it's actually the dancing is really good for like a bunch of amateurs so far like they're starting off strong but I'll have to take your word for it because I have yeah. not watched it. I will continue to not watch it. And I, I'm gonna. I went on this rant last time. I talked about Dancing with the Stars. They should not have gotten rid of fucking Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews. I still do not like their new host. What's her name? Isn't it fucking the um, Aisha Tyler? Is that who it is? Now? No, it's Tyra Banks. Uh, Tyra Banks. Yes. <sighs> Get the fuck out of my. Good show. golly gosh. But yeah. So, in news that I only care about. <laughs> Literally only me. Well, I personally am fucking extremely hyped that they got trailers out for the new season of You. Oh, there's I, a trailer? I didn't watch the trailer. Oh man, there's a trailer and I'm so fucking excited. Okay. Next Bitch. month. Oh, I can't fucking wait, dude. That show was way better than it had any fucking right to be. Dude, I, and I've told this to, I don't know how many people when we've got on the topic of this show, for months and months, I would yeah. see it advertised on Netflix, and I always thought, like, okay, this is just some... Dumbest shit CW show. Yeah, I'm like, this is just some dude who's in love with a fucking girl. It's some cheesy fucking romance crap that Netflix is trying to push. I don't even know how I ended up watching it. And then when I realized what it actually was, my word, did it ever fucking draw me in. Like, I went full in on it. Yep, I was the same. Like, that's what I mean. That show has no right to be as good as it is. 
given what it's about. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, yeah, I remember. I think you. I think we talked about this when we talked about the truth. Like a similar thing where I was like browsing Netflix and it was like I always saw it and I was like, that looks dumb as shit. Like why would I watch that? And then one day I was like super bored and I was like, all right, let's check it out. And then I binged it in like a day and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, this show's actually fucking slaps. Like, <laughs> okay, so hit me with some of those trailer highlights. Like, are they? Because at the end of season two, they moved into like a fucking residential area and he was like peeping Tom through a fence, right? Yeah. So the vibes I get off of it, because she also announces that she's pregnant, right? At the end of the uh, second season that she's having a kid and it's his. So it kind of sets it up where like he narrates the whole trailer. Yeah. Just like he narrates the show that he's going through. And you kind of get the impression like, okay, he's trying to turn over a new leaf and the new you, the new person of his passion and desire is now going to be his baby. Right? right. And he's going to try and become this person that loves their kid and be with this woman because they're both kind of psychotic and deranged and just mentally unstable. And then yeah. it kind of like different cutscenes and stuff of different things happening. And it kind of comes across like, even though he's got the kid that he loves the kid and would do anything for the kid, but he can't kick his urges very reminiscent of Dexter when Dexter had his son, right? He's like, I yep. love you and I want to focus on you and I want to be the better parent, but he's got that dark passenger that he still can't quite kick. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happens with this guy. So he kind of like sees these girls and kind of gets a little obsessive with them. Meanwhile, his now partner, mother of his child, I don't know if they get married or what, but they're together. She kind of notices that he's kind of slowly withdrawing from her. And starts to get jealous. And then it's just a mashup of cutscenes of like people getting killed and him stalking and her stalking him and them stalking together. And at one point they're digging a grave together and putting a body in it. And he's telling her like, I don't want to kill anybody anymore. And she's like, we have to kill for our family. And like, uh, yeah. okay. I don't you It's yeah. They, you'd right. have to watch the trailer, but I like, it yeah. looks so good. I will. I'll check out the trailer. Cause yeah, that show Came out of nowhere and just surprised the shit out of me. Like, like I said, it's way better than the the up show with that plot should be. Yeah. So, speaking of Netflix and some stuff I watched, Extraction Two. Well, okay, so there is news about that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I want to bang out talking about a show, Bridgerton. I went full like I'm going to check out Bridgerton. This is old timey period piece bullshit, right? Yep. Okay, I'm just going to have a nap. Let me know when you're done. Okay, so imagine if... Okay, so you know how the CW is, like, famous for, like, here's a bunch of beautiful people doing, like, stupid shit, and it's, like, super low quality? Yeah. Imagine if Netflix made a period piece with that exact premise, but actually gave it good quality. So Bridgerton is just about a bunch of young people fucking around in whatever time frame they are, and it's fucking dumb but i watched it all because it it was right up my alley and i shouldn't have liked it as much as i did yeah it's it's the period pieces man that's what gets me there's just i don't know why they just never do it for me so i don't i like the british period pieces and i don't know why like give me anything like downton abbey and i'm good but Yeah, Bridgerton. 
I liked it way more than I should. I, and I can't really comment on this because it's That's definitely fair. not. I think I've seen it in passing, but I've never watched it. And it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, this looks not interesting to me. Next. It's something that like I wouldn't be surprised if your fiance like started watching it and then you got the back end of it. It's definitely in the realm of possibilities. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And then I guess speaking of Netflix too, I checked out the Shadow and Bones show. Did you ever see that? Uh, it's been on my like, hey, maybe you should watch this, but I never actually sat down and watched it. So I watched it and it's actually pretty good. Yeah? Like it's like sci-fi-esque, kind of like mythical kind of thing. That's like super good quality. Um, Yeah, it's like kind of like a really decent kind of like fantastical adventure. And mm. I like I won't give away spoilers or anything like that, but like if you're kind of in the mood for one of those, like it's totally worth checking out because it's super solid. Why don't you take a minute here to fucking? So like when I was looking for a movie last night, I was browsing the coming to Netflix section, and like holy shit, do they have a lot of interesting stuff coming to Netflix? Like we just briefly mentioned, Extraction Two is coming with Chris yeah. Hemsworth. He's not dead. So they they had an event. Over the last few days where they announced a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. so like we're getting an extraction too. We're getting the new season of you. I've been waiting like two years for this, but I'm finally getting a second season of Lock and Key. Yep. And I really, really enjoyed that show way more than I ever thought I would. I have that queued up on the NAS too. So I am like extremely pumped to watch that. And then there was a couple other things that I saw that I'm like, oh, I want to see this and I want to see that. But now I can't fucking remember all of them. I should have written them down. They announced a bunch of uh, true crime docs. Yeah, like, I saw their own trailer. I saw Tiger some King of those. 2. Fuck off. That doesn't need a second season. I recently just watched part of I didn't realize that Louis Thoreau did his own fucking documentary yeah. on Joe Exotic. Yeah, it was. I made it halfway through and then I fell asleep because it was nighttime. I was watching it in bed, but it wasn't very captivating considering like all the other docs that Louis put out. I've quite enjoyed. I I would definitely rate him as like one of my favorite documentary filmmakers, but that one just was kind of fucking boring. Yeah. And maybe that's a case of like, because you already have seen another one on it. Maybe. I've only ever watched Tiger King, like the no. fucking series. I've never, I haven't actually watched any docs on it. That's why I was like super intrigued, but it just kind of, kind of meh. Yeah. But they're definitely got a lot of stuff coming out soon. That's like, looks really, really good. Mm -hmm. There's just too much coming now. Like we're not getting any movies, but we're getting tons of TV. That's the thing. Like my TV backlog is fucking massive. Well, like just like I recently uh, picked up, but I haven't really watched it yet. But have you heard of Reservation Dogs? Yes, and I've seen that it's gotten like sweeping reviews yeah i think i watched like i ended up having to go do some so i only caught like 10 minutes of the first episode but it's intriguing okay and i love the title i love the cover art because it's a play on reservoir dogs yeah and it's fx so i'm like this Ooh. has the potential to be legit so like it looks really fucking good and then like ted la well i'm gonna fucking sidetrack to ted lasso here Okay. I don't know what's going on with this season or how far you are. I haven't started it yet. Oh, so the first season, I got into it and I like fairly quickly got hooked and addicted. 
Okay. And just started burning through it. And I burned the whole season in like no time. Okay. And then the second season comes out and I watched the first three or four episodes and then I just haven't finished. No. I just kind of lost interest. Like it peaked me so hard in the first season. It had me hooked and captivated. And it wasn't a very, when I watched the first season, it was right before the second season came out. So right. it wasn't like a massive gap where you have time to forget. Right. But the second season, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me the way the first season did. Hmm. Weird. Because that show is like another show that just like, it seems like everyone fucking gives it a 100% rating. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I don't know. And like Big Brother's almost over. And you're not up to date on, have you watched any of the new Billions? No. Oh my God, guy. You need to watch like the first, like the I know. new... Whatever the newest episode is from their little fucking break. I and know. Have a look at fucking Paul Giamatti. Oh, what's going on with Paul Giamatti? He, when he first shows up on camera in the first episode since their long hiatus, uh-huh. I was like, holy shit, Paul. Oh. Okay, don't say any more. Okay, I c- that's going to go up my list. Is he, like, like, is he super jacked? Tell me uh, he got super jacked. No, he's not jacked, but when you see him, you'll be like, what the fuck? Okay, all right. It is not the, like, if you were to watch the episode prior and then watch the newest one back to back, you'd be like, what the fuck? All right. To me, it was a clear, clear indication that they waited too fucking long in between filming. Okay. They are different people, man. Okay. Huh. But it's, it's billions and it's still really good and I can't wait for the next episode. Okay. All right. I will give it a shot. And so, so I'm guessing you haven't done American Horror Story either. I've done some. And so I'm going to say we should test out that synthwave break music and then talk about American Horror Story. All right. Then I guess we'll be uh, back in a minute. Yeah.
All right. Mm-hmm. So American Horror Story. Yeah, so you're far behind, huh? Uh, I'm just going to look. I have watched the first three. Oh. And what are your thoughts so far? I don't know yet. I'm like, I like it, but like... The... So I saw the like tease for the fourth episode and it's like completely different. Like it's like a different time period. Like a flashback. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm uh, I think I got five. Five done so far. Okay. I uh, don't care for it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, like the first three, like I was intrigued by some of it, but like. I, it doesn't have the feel that like the past seasons did. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I don't think it's nearly as good. And it yeah. kills me to say that because I'm a huge AHS fan. Yeah. But I'm honestly just like, okay, hurry up and end this part of the double feature and move on to the next one because it's not, it's just not sitting with me. I'm like, I don't fucking, I don't care. It's not as intriguing. It's not as interesting. The, the plot isn't that fucking great. There's been very little Sarah Paulson in it, which is uh-huh. shocking to me. Yeah. Honestly, the only the only like outstanding highlight of this season is how fucking phenomenal Macaulay Culkin has been. Yeah, true. He's great. He's absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely killing it. He does such a good fucking job in this in this season. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's it for like like I don't have a whole lot of positive stuff to say. Like I'll I'll start watching an episode and unfortunately I get to the halfway point and I'm kinda like, okay, can you just end this so we can get to the next one so I can just I'm not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting through it in hopes that whatever th- this alien portion of the double feature starts soon and is more captivating than than this one. Yeah, and maybe that's why I'm like a little bit behind because like I watched the first three and like anytime I go to sit down and watch something like it's like I'm I'm not anxiously hitting the next episode button like I have in past seasons or I'm mm-hmm. like okay what like I need to see where this is going I'm kind of like do I care where this is going <laughs> and it's like I haven't figured out if I care about it yet which is like especially coming off of that oh shit what was it the anthology one that turned out to be half of just the house Mm-hmm. Like coming off that, maybe that plays a part. Like I'm still sour about that, but like, oh, that could be it. And like we talked about this before, but like, how involved is Ryan Murphy in American Horror Stories anymore? I I don't know. You know, was because he was fairly heavily involved in the summer camp one, right? Yeah. And then after that, is that when he signed the Netflix deal? It was after that. I think he's in actively involved in the normal core season. I think he's a little okay. more hands off with their side one. Okay. So I mean, is this like I wonder if he's even fucking tuned out of it? Like I wonder who knows. Yeah, I don't know. It's I've it's been kind of heartbreaking because it was something that I couldn't wait for. I was looking forward to it so much, and it's been kind of disappointing to say the least. Yeah, and it's like I get it. Like it's on its tenth season. Like 
not everyone's going to be a banger, right? But it just seems like the the quality dip has just kind of been going down and not up. Yeah. So, yeah. Macaulay Culkin, though. Yeah, he's phenomenal. That yeah. is fucking phenomenal. He is fucking on point. But like out of everything I've watched over the last few weeks, nothing's been amazing. Like I I watched The Guilty, that new fucking with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and it was really boring. And I really? love Jake Gyllenhaal, but it was so boring. Really? Because yeah. it's him, and it's uh, is it Antoine Fuqua directing uh, I, that one? I, I believe so. But it's dull. Like the whole thing just takes place with him on the phone. Oh. So yeah, like in a call center, like it's just, it was boring. I, I fucking hate to say it. It hurts me to say it, but it was boring and I was not impressed. And oh, then man. I started watching that Prisoners of Ghostland, that new Nick Cage one. Oh, sure. Okay. I, I've only made it halfway through and it's just too fucking bizarre and too over the top for me to like truly enjoy. Fair enough. Maybe I have to go back and rewatch it. I don't know. But then American Horror Story has been a disappointment. Billions has been good. Brooklyn Nine-Nine's over now. I don't know if you watched the last, uh, the finale episodes of that. I have not. I think I'm like halfway through the season. They actually end it decently. Oh, do they? It's one okay. of the few shows where like the way it ends, you're like, yeah, I'm good with this. Okay. And uh, so speaking of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like how they're like skirting the lines of like, because I think we talked about it when they premiered where it was like the tough job they had to like touch on all the relevant shit. Yeah, I don't know if it was just a time-sensitive matter for them because yeah. they get to a certain point in the show where they pretty much just drop all that shit. Yeah. Like, I think where I'm at, I think I'm on, like, episode six or seven or something like that, but it seems like they have kind of just, like, winked and nodded away and gone back to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. I, which... I, I think they should have done that from the get-go and it would have made for a much better season because the first half of the season, I was like, pretty disappointed i'm like this is the last season of brooklyn 99 i'm getting and it's been fucking awful yeah and they and i was like there was a couple of things i was hoping to see in a final season one being another episode with the pontiac bandit which that's, they bring they bring him back for an episode yeah, i believe that's the last episode i watched yeah and that one as far as all the pontiac bandit episodes go was pretty meh yeah i wasn't overly impressed with it and then i was like fuck man i like i need another heist episode and luck Luckily, in the final couple episodes, they do a heist episode. Okay, okay. And it's it's a pretty solid heist episode, okay. so I, I was happy with that. And the way it ends, it, it's like, okay, cool. I'm okay with how this all wraps up. I'm fine with it. Yeah. So, it's, it's decent. Rick and Morty, that still progressively downhill all the way to the end. Oh, really? Yeah, can't say I'm overly hyped about that. Hmm. And then I watched Ted Bundy's American Boogeyman because okay. I love them Ted Bundy ones. Yeah. And this one stars Chad Michael Murray as Ted Bundy. So I was like, uh, okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. And? So, oh, man, it was so bad. Okay. It was so fucking bad. So fucking right. bad. Awful. Like this, this wouldn't have even been a straight to DVD. This would have been like you find it in a fucking dumpster and whatever. What's this? Oh, Chad huh? Michael Murray? It was fucking garbage, dude. <laughs> wow. Like nowhere, like the last Ted Bundy one I watched was the one that Zach Efron did. 
for Netflix. Right, right. And I actually enjoyed that one, but it was mildly annoying because they that whole movie with Zac Efron mostly focuses on his relationship and kind of showing the human side of him as right. opposed to the serial killer side of him. Right, right. But it was still really good. This one is just, from start to finish, it's hot fucking trash, man. It's Chad Michael Murray being Ted Bundy, and a lot of it is, you know, based on Ted Bundy's murders, but they tweak a few things. Right. So like, they, some of the killings that happened in real life, they tweak it, and they don't tweak it for the better to make it more interesting. They just change uh-huh. it for some reason and they don't acknowledge a lot of like the big interesting things that made Ted Bundy Ted Bundy like his multiple escapes from jail and shit right and then they try to turn it into like like they couldn't just have Ted Bundy be a fucking serial killer I've never seen this in any of the Ted Bundy documentaries or any of the other fucking Bundy movies but Chad Michael Murray's portrayal of Ted Bundy is he's this guy who's heavily into BDS- BDSM like, loves to be tied up and hit and beaten and, like, all this weird fucking shit. And there's one scene where he, like, rents a room from, like, a sorority house off campus in Florida. And it's filled with all these mannequins because the lady was using it as a... She's a clothing designer, and that's... She was using it as a workspace before they decided to rent it out. What? Yeah, and so he's reading this, like, bondage magazine and all of a sudden gets turned on. And all these mannequins all of a sudden come to life and they start like tying him up and choking him and hitting him and beating him and he fucks all these mannequins. What and then the it like fuck? It cuts out of this fantasy and you can kind of see it's literally just him laying on the bed jerking off. But then it cuts back into like what's happening in his mind. And in his mind, he's being like assaulted and basically raped by all these women. And then it cuts out to like what's happening in real life and he's just has a mannequin arm on his chest and he's jerking off and then it cuts back into this fantasy thing and then at the end of it like the final shot is like him laying in bed like he obviously just finished and he's like laying in bed tied up with all these women and then it cuts to reality and he's like laying in bed all satisfied and there's like these mannequin arms and mannequin legs like spread out all over the fucking bed what the fuck yeah and i'm like i don't know ted bundy but like i've seen enough documentaries and shit like i know he was a disturbed individual and he had these urges but like they just take ted bundy and they're like oh our version of ted bundy is he's like super fucking into this weird crazy shit and it's just i don't know it the movie was already terrible as it is but then like that whole take on bundy just made it so much worse huh. and then for whatever fucking reason and this was like this is what really set me off okay is at one point they arrest Ted Bundy because they think he did these things and he's in there talking to a psychologist and then the psychologist comes out and he go the goes into the other room like the window the tinted window where you can see in but not out kind of thing sure yeah and the psychologist is explaining to the police detectives you see Ted Bundy is the most dangerous man in the world because he thinks this way and in his eyes it's this and they basically like like if you're sitting there you watch this scene and you're like he's having a normal conversation with Ted where he's asking Ted questions about this and this and this and Ted's like yeah I wish I could help you I don't know and like not giving anything away and somehow after a 30 second conversation this psychologist goes in and tells the officers gives this like massive psychological profile on Ted Bundy 
that like in the in real life took years and years of research and stuff to develop this profile this guy does it inside of a 30 second conversation just criminal mind styles it fucking like yeah but even more over the top than criminal minds ever would have fucking done all right and starts like oh and he likes this and he's into this and it's like okay even like we know that ted bundy was into that because we know the whole backstory in this scene you guys think ted might be a fucking serial rapist and an assaulter but you don't know to what extent you think he's responsible for these two girls that went missing that's all the police know. They know two girls went missing. Ted's their suspect. But the psychologist is like, he does this all the time and like tells you all this stuff about Ted that nobody in Knows. any stretch of imagination would ever be able to know and talks about how Ted gets off on this and gets off on that. And it's just the whole, the whole scene is just incredibly fucking outlandish. But the scene ends with the psychologist explaining that Ted views himself as as a ghost that he's so developed in his like serial killer inner personality kind of like a and someone's like oh he has multiple personalities and they're like he, the psychologist is like no he's got one personality but there's two sides to it there's the ted he wants people to see the charming loving charismatic ted then there's the ted he doesn't want anyone to see which is his killer side his psychopathic side and when he wants to Ted hides the killer side of him because he thinks that that side of him is a ghost and that no one can see him. But we can see the real Ted. We know what he's really like. So then this whole fucking murder rampage scene goes down where he like murders four people in a sorority house, which like in real life did happen. He like killed two, injured another two, and then fled that scene, went to another basement somewhere on campus and killed another person. He killed like six people in the span of like 20 minutes in real life. Yeah. In this movie, he fucking beats the shit out of and kills a couple girls in the sorority house. And then all the police start showing up. And he literally walks out the front fucking door of the sorority house towards the police who are like out of their vehicles walking into the house because there's screams and gunshots and blah, blah, blah. And he walks right by some of the officers. And as he's walking by them, he goes, you can't see me. I'm a ghost. And then as he's walking past them, he's walking into a field with some mist and he literally just disappears. What? Yes. What? Yeah. What? Fuck it. What? Yeah, it was so fucking terrible, man. Oh, that is... You got some fucking balls to end a movie that way. Especially a Ted Bundy movie. Holy shit. It fuck. It was it. <laughs> like uh, Chad Michael Murray must be in a fucking bad way financially because, like, to sign on to do Riverdale and take that role of the cult leader who decides he's gonna blast himself off into space on a rocket. That's like, right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. That Riverdale is a popular show. Sure, you get a guest appearance on it, and I honestly like the way he acted in that role. Yeah, I thought fine. it was it was yeah it was decent. Yeah, it's fun. What in the fuck was going through his mind when he decided to take this role and do this Ted Bundy movie? It was pure, straight, utter, hot fucking garbage. Like, the uh, very definition of a, uh, well, my agent can't find me anything, and this is I, I, I got to fucking pay the mortgage next month, so I guess 
I guess I'm Ted Bundy. Oh, fuck. Because it was terrible. I probably, it, uh, it's easily that, the worst movie I've seen of fucking 2021. That ending of just like, yo, we're just going to Thanos snap Ted Bundy into the field. Like, yeah, what? And for him to, with, you can't see me. I'm a ghost. And you're like, oh my fuck. That's so on the nose. I kind of respect oh. it. Oh, fuck. Fucking terrible, man. Terrible. Speaking of terrible, though, I also finally watched Stillwater. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Yep. The, pretty, uh, pretty fucking bad. The best part of that movie was the stuff with uh, Matt Damon and the family, like the surrogate family. All that stuff I thought was good, but mm -hmm. everything else, like, that movie kind of fell apart. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if I'm disliking it because... Like part of me is going, no, the only reason you don't like it is because it gave you an unsatisfying ending be right. because we're so used to movies where you have your like your intro, ending. your middle, yeah. and then everything wraps up at the end. And this one doesn't go that way. It's like, no. Hey, guess what? Nothing worked out. Yeah. But I genuinely don't think that's what bothered me because I'm okay yeah. with how none of that worked out, but just yeah. the whole movie in general. Yeah. Uh, like I remember, um, me and my buddy were in the theater watching that and, uh, and this is where like it started to fall apart for us. So you know, like when he uh, he sees the guy that like did it at the tables outside, and yeah. they're like having dinner, and he decides to follow them. Yeah. So they frame that shot on like the cup he was drinking from. Like they clearly frame it that way. And so like yeah. me and my buddy were talking in the theater. We're like, go grab the cup. Like that's the DNA. Yeah. But then the whole rest of the movie triads into him kidnapping this guy and like cutting his hair. And I was like. Oh, uh, you could have just grabbed the cup. <laughs> you framed it that way. Yeah, it's just I like, it was like, fuck. Uh, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, like there's certain parts of that movie that I think are good. Like him and the family stuff. I thought uh, like that stuff was good. Like I liked that stuff and him playing that character. Like he did a good job with that character, but like, it's just like the movie itself. Was. Yeah, I was not overly. I expected a hell of a lot more from Matt Damon. Yeah, it was pretty. You watch the trailer and you're like, "Oh, this is interesting." There's some mm -hmm. thrills, some suspense, some mystery. Then you watch the like two and a half hour movie and you're like, "Nothing's fucking happening." Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a. I had way more high hopes for that movie than. Yeah, what it, had. it was pretty fucking pretty disappointing. Both Lindsay and myself were like, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. I'm I'm <sighs> really curious about him and Affleck's next movie, that last duel movie. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious about that movie because it's starting to get like some early reviews in from film festivals. And it seems like it might be good. Because it's they wrote it and it's Ridley Scott directing it, so it's like there's I, a lot of potential there. Yeah, like when I read that, I was like, we're either gonna get a gladiator like style epic, or we're gonna get like a Ridley Scott bummer epic that is up its own ass. And it, I really hope it's a gladiator style because it's got a fucking rock star cast, and yeah, the trailers look good. Yeah, I have to wait and see so I can get my fucking hands on it. 
I know. Which is, is that soon? I think it's soon. Hopefully. I don't know. As far as like new movies that come out, like there hasn't been a whole lot that's, uh, like what is IMDb saying for coming up? I know the new Venom is like next week or something, isn't it? Good. Give me something. Cause like, as far as my like list of movies that are upcoming that I want to see, like Batman's still not out yet. Dune, I haven't been able to get a chance to watch. Ghostbusters is Dune out? Yeah, it's like a limited release. Like they're reporting fucking front end numbers and shit. Oh, box office numbers. Weird. But Ghostbusters isn't out yet. Bond's not out yet. I still need to see Shang Chi. I've heard good things. I've heard good things about that. Still no Spider Man. Still no Thor. Still no Top Gun. Still no Mission Impossible. No more fucking. Still no Jackass Four. Right. So I got the IMDb release up. So October 1st is Venom. So that's next week. Oh, and then uh, that Sopranos movie, The Many Saints of Newark. I'm so fucking excited for that one. But that's probably a me thing. Uh, I'll watch it. Yeah. October 8th is Bond. So that's the week after. What else we got? Oh, October 15th is The Last Duel. October's looking like it might be all right. And then October 22nd is the wide release of Dune. Uh, so October maybe might be all right. Yeah, hopefully. But. And then. Netflix announced a shit ton of stuff. They had their own event. And I, okay, I got to say what they called this event name is so up their own fucking ass. It is amazing. So, you know, the Netflix intro where it's like that, like ta-da sound. Mm-hmm. That, that's what they call the event. Ta-da. Yeah. All right. Like, I respect how up their own ass that is. <laughs> but. All right. Yeah. They fucking uh, were getting a sex education season four, which I totally thought they said season three was the last. Never watched that one, so. I watched that and it's actually really good. It's. uh it's kind of like when I talked about that atypical show where it's like kind of like a kind of feel good all around comedy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's one of those and it's it's very well done. Hmm. And they kind of like super get like into some like ridiculous teen comedy in this third season that is like fucking hilarious. Hmm. Um it's solid. It's a it's a solid watch. And what else? Oh shit, we got a trailer for that Sandman show. I'm going to have to watch that after. Yeah, there's a few things I'm looking forward to. Not a plethora. Mostly just movies, as far as uh, TV shows. I I haven't started yet, but the first two episodes of the new Dan Brown Lost Symbol are out. Yeah, I have that too. But I haven't had a chance to uh, to take a gander. I'm trying to be extremely hopeful, <laughs> but I'm going in uh, reserved. Yeah. Yeah, because it's definitely going to be a network-style show. Mm-hmm. Oh, last night we actually watched uh, Good on Paper. What is Have that? You heard about it? It's a Netflix movie. Okay. It's uh, the stand-up comedian Eliza Schlesinger. Okay. So the movie itself was actually kind of not meh. that great. It's pretty meh. But the premise of it, I find, I thought was amazing because it's actually 
based on a true story that actually happened to her. Okay. So she meets a guy on a fucking plane. And they end up kind of hitting it off. They get along really well. And this is like on a plane from New York back to L.A. And then he kind of like recognizes her like, oh, you're a stand-up comic. And she's like, yeah, I am. He's like, oh, cool. So they visit. They have a good time on the plane ride back to L.A. She says that she's performing at the Laugh Factory that night. Like, this is all like, this actually happened. Yep. He ends up showing up there and she's got nothing to do. And he's like, oh, like my girlfriend, her, her photo shoot ran late. Like, do you want to go for a drink? So they end up becoming friends. And then like over the span of like six or seven months or whatever, they become really good friends. They're like best friends. This dude. And he's a fucking hedge fund manager, went to school at Yale, all this stuff. Yep. And then gradually he kind of like makes his intent known like, hey, I want to date you. And she's like, I'm not no offense, but like, I'm not really attracted to you and we're really good friends i don't want anything more than that i just want you as a friend and then uh one day he kind of like tells her that he's falling apart because his mom has cancer okay and she goes there to like console him and in his like weak and sad and desperate nature they end up hooking up and then they actually end up dating okay so they date for I don't know, six months or a year or something, but something was always off. And she comes to find out that pretty much everything about this guy was a fucking lie. Okay. So he's like a con man. Uh, Yes and no. Like he's not conning her out of anything, but he builds this image that he's a hedge fund manager and he went to school at Yale and he has all this money and he's talking about buying her these things. And like, he just bought a house in Beverly Hills and then he, So like all this stuff and like slowly it starts to come apart. It's kind of like, well, how come we haven't been to your house? Like we're always staying at mine. And he's like, oh, well, my mother, because she's got cancer, I moved her into my house and I don't want to be the guy that lives with his mom. So I just stay elsewhere and give her her space. But this way I can take care of her. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. And they kind of move on and so on and so forth. And then she kind of gradually finds out like, oh, so it turns out this guy didn't go to Yale. He actually went to like Florida State University okay. and didn't actually finish school. He's not a hedge fund manager. He's an assistant at a fucking bank. So okay. he doesn't actually have a lot of money. He's actually a closeted alcoholic. Okay. And like he just duped her. And she dated this guy for like almost a fucking year, man, before she found out that this guy is huh. nothing that he said he was. And this is like all based on a real life story? Everything I just told you right there, a lot of that is like it's featured in the movie, but everything that I just said, that's her telling the real life story. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So like Fuck. that's why I was super intrigued to watch it cuz I was like I heard she was on Joe Rogan's show and they were cuz she was there to promote this new movie. Right. And he's like, "Yes, what's it about?" And she's like, "This is a true story. Like I dated Fuck. this guy named so and so." And this is how we met and we became friends and eventually we started dating and over the span of however long these little cracks started to form and I started catching him in these weird odd little lies and then when we kind of put everything under the microscope I realized that I was dating someone that I didn't actually know because everything was a fucking lie. Huh. Yeah. So it's pretty fucking wild. Like it'd be like huh. I don't know. Just Crazy, crazy that like a a celebrity nonetheless, right? Like she's a stand of comedy and she's done like roles in movies and TV shows, but just, but she's still a normal person and 
she meets a guy on yeah. a plane that's nice to her and it eventually turns into a relationship and yeah. it turns out this guy was just like oh she's a stand-up comic and she's kind of famous and she'll never like me for me so he so, decided to pretend to be someone else to get her interested and eventually huh. they became friends so he just kept the lie up and when they started dating it was like well now i have to double down and he just kept pretending to be someone he wasn't as long as he possibly could and it was huh? just fascinating because like oh, okay. in the movie herself she kind of like after in the movie when she confronts him and goes like why did you do all this like what was the long game here like we talked about marriage and all this other oh, stuff shit. okay so yeah, it went so, really far yeah so it's like wow. it just the whole thing fascinates me because it's like if i'm this guy and i'm just constantly in this feedback loop of utter fucking lies and i'm hiding what's going on but like she straight up says like I was in love with her and he was in or she was in love with him yep. and he was in love with her and they had the discussion of marriage and shit. Like if you're that guy and you're in the, that position, you're in his fucking shoes. Like how in the world are you sitting there going like, fuck, like we just talked about marriage. Like I would love to marry this woman. How do you carry on? Like at some point, yeah, if you marry someone, like all the walls have to come down. It's like, I, I want to know his side of the story. We're like, what was the he, right? Yeah. How did, how long did he think he was going to be able to keep this going? Yeah. Like where was the like pro con that just decided to double down on everything? Yeah. And like, it, it's, it's wild. So like the movie was meh. It had some funny moments, but the story itself was what was intriguing. And of course, cause it's a movie, they fluff up a few pieces, but I like 80% of what happened in that movie. Like, actually happened to her in real life as far as dating this this dude who completely lied about everything huh it's even more fascinating if you go back like a few months and listen to the joe rogan that she's on where she's starts telling all these stories about when she was dating this guy right and like it turns out like his mom never actually had cancer and when oh, they fuck when they broke up he told his mom that he dumped her because she had being a stand-up comic, she had a really bad alcohol and drug problem, and he oh, was trying he was trying to help her get clean and stay sober and get her life on track, and she just didn't refuse okay, to accept the help. And yeah, like So not wild. only did this dude double down on the lie, but then he decided to just double down and like try to drag her through the mud fucking after the fact when he got caught. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. That dude's a piece of shit. So fucking wild. Fuck. But crazy to hear like it's a crazy enough story for anyone to go through, let alone a yeah. fucking celebrity to be able to be. No shit. Well, because that's so public. Like you're so in the public eye that like everyone is going to hear about this, right? Yeah. So like, which is just going to add to like you're going to feel even more shitty about it, right? Well, I and I think at the end of the day, the most interesting part is it really puts puts things into perspective. Where like I think a lot of people look up to celebrities that they're yeah above you know a normal person and they don't have normal average person problems and struggles. And it's like, well, here by rights is a very famous stand-up comedian. Like her social circle is the likes of Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle and all these yeah. other people and stuff. And some dude gaslighted her for like a year and a half. Yeah. It turns <laughs> out she legit is, she is a normal person like oh, yeah. everyone else. Oh, yeah. Hey, turns out celebrities are just normal people too, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Newsflash. So it was the whole thing was just wild. It was super interesting. Huh? That's a f uh, that story is crazy. It it was pretty wild when I heard her on Joe Rogan talking about it. I was like, well, now I have to watch this fucking movie because yeah, like no that is just wild, huh? It's fucking crazy. I mean, I, 
I guess if you're a celebrity and you're in that position, maybe the best thing is to make a movie about it and just fucking embrace it, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's Fuck. definitely what she did. Fuck. But yeah, pretty wild stuff. Couldn't believe it. No shit. Okay, so... Did we talk at some point before that they're doing a Twisted Metal series? Yes. Okay. Anthony Mackie is going to be the lead for that. Eh? Yeah. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Like, new Captain America, Anthony yeah. Mackie. Yeah. Interesting. Is, is, is that who would come to mind to lead a Twisted Metal series? No, but I mean, he, <laughs> Anthony Mackie's no longer like a, a B-list as far oh, as no. I'm concerned. Like no. he's, he's been he, A for quite a while here. So oh, if yeah. Anthony Mackie is throwing his weight and support, that just gives me hopes that it's actually going to turn out to be pretty decent. Yeah, I, that's what I kind of kind of came away with is like, Anthony Mackie can kind of pick what he wants to do now. Yeah. Uh, like to the point where like... He's probably got a stack of scripts and offers on his agent's desk, and he just picks what he wants. And if he's doing a Twisted Metal live-action TV series? Well, my hopes... Okay. My hopes in hearing this is that uh, Anthony Mackie, he's not a fucking 60-year-old man, right? Like, Nope. So I wouldn't be surprised if, when he was younger, he played Twisted Metal. Oh, and yeah. maybe heard totally. about this and was like, I was a fan of those games. I'd totally. like to be a part of that. So my hopes are is that he's going to breathe some much needed life and help push this thing to be solid. Yeah. I mean, if you have some sort of piece of nostalgia that's near and dear to your heart and you got the kind of clout that Anthony Mackie does, then you can, you can affect some real, real change there. Oh, yeah. And speaking of video game fucking shit... So that Last of Us director guy is going to direct a bunch of the Last of Us episodes. That is interesting. I'm slightly I, intrigued about that. Which I think that that fits. I mean, the dude directed the game, so mm -hmm. why... Yeah, why not? And especially when you see, like, I don't know if you've seen behind the scenes of, like, mocap and voice acting, but it is totally just, like, directing on a set because you're framing and cameras and all of that stuff, right? The difference mm -hmm. is there's just a giant-ass green screen. Yeah. So, the closer we get, the more excited I am to see this series. Yeah, it's one of those rare things where it's like every piece of news that has come out about it has been like in its favor. Where it's like, how, this can't be bad, right? Right? I hope not. <laughs> like God, I hope not. Like they gotta, they gotta want to make it bad to make it bad. I think mm -hmm. you know, like I don't want to hype it up too much. Yeah, uh, but because. Everyone's still salty about Game of Thrones. Yeah, fuck Game of Thrones. I'm and I'm getting salty at HBO because, like, how much mother fucking longer do I have to sit here patiently in silence waiting for a new goddamn season of Westworld? <laughs> yeah, have they even announced? I don't know. I haven't heard a fucking thing. It's been radio silence. Westworld new season. Let's see. I, I heard they got picked up for another season, but I haven't fucking heard anything beyond that. Okay, season four. When will it air? Oh, they don't. They don't have it. They don't. They don't. Yeah, they dates. don't know. I like. I don't think they've even done pre-production. I don't even know if they have scripting done for the fucking fourth season yet. 
But this is what irritates me. Like, mm, like these like one to two year season breaks. It's too they, long. Oh, they, they kill me and they kill the momentum. And it, I feel it, like in some instances they go out of their way. Like, I would imagine they're like, okay, we covered a lot. We need to make sure that we do this right. But I feel like in a lot of instances when TV shows do this, it's like, hey, we got some time. These actors want to do other shit. We'll just push it back. We'll wait a year. And because we waited so long, then that's going to draw everyone in to rewatch everything prior, boost our numbers, boost our sales so that everyone gets prepped for the new season. And I mm-hmm. fucking feel like it's a cheap, dirty tactic yep. to get more revenue and more subscriptions and more views. Yep. And it bothers the living shit out of me. Yep. And if you do it once, okay, that's annoying, but I'll forgive. But if mm-hmm. this is a routine thing, because between season two and three, that was almost two years. Well, fuck, look at the, the break between billions. Like, that was what? Billions? Okay, so to put this into perspective, Billions had its mid-season break when we started this podcast. Okay, but, <laughs> but, to be fair... <laughs> Oh, they were going to go back to filming, but pandemic and yeah, regulations true. and rules made that difficult. True. So that one, yeah. I could be more understanding and forgiven of. True. There's no fucking excuse for Westworld right now. Fair enough. Speaking of fucking delaying shit, you mentioned fucking Top Gun and Jackass. Yeah. So they fucking delayed these. By like, like November? Uh, like a full month? No, like a full year. What? Yeah. So fucking... Not Jackass. Not a full year. I heard a month. I heard a month for Jackass. Are you telling me there's news that they pushed it even further? Okay, so Jackass Forever will move from October 2nd, so it was supposed to be this month, to February 4th. So that one's only a few months. But Top Gun is like... Or no. Is Top Gun... Okay, maybe it's not a full year. Maybe I was just on crack for a second. So did they just... Okay, so they moved Top Gun into November, which might have been Jackass's spot, and then they moved Jackass to February, I think. So Top Gun's coming out this November? I think so, yes. I think that's what this is saying. Fuck. I get it, but like, I just want to watch Top Gun. I just want to watch Jackass. That too, yeah. I definitely want to do that. But fuck. Movies are, like, weird now. Like, it's like we were talking. Like, TV is fucking, like... My list is, like, huge for, like, backlog. But, like, movies is, like... I'm struggling to find movies to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Me, too. Like... I'm I'm in the same boat. It's, like, nothing uber exciting has been... Like, I got nothing to look... Like, the next closest movie that I'm looking forward to is months away. Like, what am I supposed to do until then? Yeah, like I've been struggling to find like movies, hence why I rewatched the first two Matrix movies, and that's also because that fucking the trailer came out for the Matrix. Which did you check that out? Yeah. Oh my god. What'd you think? I think the new Matrix movie is going to be good. I think that whoever was the one responsible for splicing everything together in this trailer should maybe start looking for a different job. Yeah. Because that trailer was terrible. It did not do justice at all. And I finished watching the trailer and went, that doesn't look very good. It was not a good trailer. That didn't get me excited. That didn't get me hyped. That didn't get me pumped. 
parts of that trailer it did which was like so going into like when they announced like hey we're doing another matrix i was like i don't give a fuck because like i enjoyed the first matrix movie and then the second matrix movie is like kind of dumb but it has a lot of cool action and the third one is just like fucking you went where but like fair seeing that trailer i was like i like I finished that trailer and I was I agree like I was like the tr- yeah the cutting of that trailer was like eh. but yeah. like I came out of that trailer going like I kind of want to see where they take a matrix story after watching that like I was like I'm kind of interested in the matrix again see I was always interested in the matrix and everyone yeah. that I've talked to when I was like hey did you you see that new matrix trailer and they're like no yeah I want to see and that uh, and I'll stand there while they watch the trailer and everyone I've like had watched that trailer. They're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, yeah. I haven't come across anyone who's seen that new trailer and been like, fuck yeah, matrix four. They're all excited and they're all going to see the matrix four and they're pumped yeah. about the matrix four. But everyone I've watched, I've had watched that trailer has like finished the trailer going. I almost lost excitement. And I wonder if that's so they did a weird fucking marketing thing before that trailer where if you went to like a website, you played like a flash game of like what pill you take and it would like lead you into. And so like you would click something and then it would show you like five seconds of the trailer and then you would click another thing and and depending on what you clicked, you got different scenes. And so the result was like there was like if you did that, there was like four or five different versions of the trailer you could get. So I wonder if like when it came down to it, they had, they were like, we've got five versions of the trailer and we need to mash them all into one. And maybe that's why it was so fucking weird. Well, then they should have just released five different teaser trailers because that fucking trailer is garbage, man. And I I honestly think a big part of it is the music just seems so out of tone. I didn't mind the music in the trailer, to be honest. Uh, The song I like, I do not think for a second that that music that they used in the trailer goes with the tone and the flow of what the matrix and the matrix movies are that is true it was out of place it didn't it didn't sit right with me sure and a few people have i've mentioned the same thing to me they're like that was a terrible choice for music for a trailer true fucking i want to hear the least surprising news ever what's that remember that real fucking bad clarice show oh yeah they canceled it. Shocker. <laughs> I just remember reading the read like, reading this headline. They were like, why was Clarice canceled? And like, I thought in my head, I was like, because it fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, Never watched it, but I could tell from the beginning it was going to be terrible. Well, it's like, this is what blows me away about it. How do you market and plan a show about like, oh, it's Clarice, not Hannibal Lecter. But you can't reference Hannibal. Like, but they try to reference it, but they can't because of the rights. And it's like, if you're going to do something with that property, you need to be able to reference that. Yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. Yeah, like you... Fuck. Yeah, no. Like we are saying, there's just... There hasn't been a whole lot of, like, crazy, awesome things. Like, that's... Like, I started rewatching Mr. Robot. Because it's like, I don't know what else to watch. I need, yeah. I need to take a fucking second here. Okay. Man, like I really enjoyed that show and I watched it like when it was premiering. Like yeah. when a new episode came out, I'd watch yep. the new episode and I followed that show from start to finish. And now that I'm binging it in chunks, mm-hmm. 
that might be one of the greatest television shows of all. Like I always thought incredibly highly of it. But it's creeping it up was, on your list on a rewatch. Yeah, it was always in my top ten, and in some lists it was in my top five. Yep. But like rewatching it now, and like having seen everything I've watched post Mister Robot. Yep. To compare it to even the new stuff that's coming out. Yep. My God, like it is masterful, and I didn't, and I enjoy. Like I said, I enjoyed the hell out of that show while I was watching it, while it was premiering. But going back with like a fresh set of eyes, doing a second look at it, like all these things that I didn't appreciate about it before, just yep. masterful craftsmanship, man. Like I just finished the second season where he's in jail the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, cause you've seen Mr. Robot, right? Oh yeah. Yep. So like he's in jail the whole time mm -hmm. and it's just like, and I, cause I've seen it, I know he's in jail. So like going in and rewatching that season where he's in jail and I know he's in jail, but like the audience doesn't actually know unless you've already seen the show. That's where you, you can like pick up the foreshadowing yeah, and stuff. You yeah. The, yeah. You start noticing these little things and you're like, Whoa, I, so I had that happen. I think I talked about it a few weeks back. Like I started watching true detective season one again mm -hmm. and like rewatching that show, like just like reaffirmed, like how high it is on my list. Cause like same thing, like you, you watch it again and you see the like, Oh, that's how they're teasing this thing and like, oh, that's super smart how they did it. And you don't realize it until you've seen it again, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, just masterful. Because like watching that whole season where it's like, I know he's in jail. And like yeah. seeing the way the scenes play out, it's like, that's brilliant. Because yep. if you are watching it for the first time and then you find out he's in jail the whole time and they do that incredibly well shot scene where they reveal that he's been in jail where he's like yeah walking down the fucking street and then like it's flickering and it's yep. actually the hallway of the prison the camera and, work in that show is fucking phenomenal oh my god some of the most amazing cinematography yep. i've ever fucking seen yep it's and super like, solid and it's even more impressive the second time you watch it even the yep. first season knowing like i know that mr robot is in his head right like it's one of his split personalities yep. but you see the way that they interact with each other and yep. the way it's filmed it's just like he's in the office when when elliot's still working at all safe and mr robots and they're like i'm gonna make a scene unless you come for lunch with me and you're like oh god i wonder what this is gonna look like but no one's really paying attention yep. and you don't quite pick up on the subtles but going and watching it a second time you're like well now i understand how this is playing out because yep. he's not really there yep. and they go down for lunch to the bar mm -hmm. and elliot's making fun of him because he's drinking an apple teeny and then the bartender goes what do you have and he goes i guess i'll have an apple teeny yep and they're having the same drink and it's those mm -hmm. little yep. beautifully fucking yep like nuances that like you don't think about while you're watching it because you don't know what's going on. The reveals come later. Yep. But when you know how everything plays out and you watch it from start to finish, you pick up on these details that are just beyond yep. impressive. Like yep. the writing and the way they fucking pieced it together and the cinematography. Like, it's yeah, it's absolutely 100% in my top three of the most well-crafted and meticulously thought out and planned television shows I've ever seen. Like it's up there. It should win all the fucking awards. It's so, so well done. It and is. like I'm I I'm going into season three. Like I still got like two or three more seasons <clears throat> to continue rewatching. But going back and rewatching it a second time, 
just it's it's like watching a whole new show all over again, even though you know what's going to happen. But now you can see how beautifully crafted these scenes were. Yep. Oh my god, just <laughs> Sam Esmail. Fuck me. I what should rewatch that. Speaking of Sam Esmail, did you see this article about his new show that he's doing? He's writing and directing the whole thing with Mahershal Ali and Julie Roberts starring. Did not see this. Yeah. Julia Roberts. So what's this about? So it's Leave the World Behind, and it's a story about two families, strangers to each other, who are forced together on a long weekend gone terribly wrong. And it's like, I read that tagline, and it's Sam Asmell writing and directing, and I'm like, all right, that's a rock star two lineup cast, and he is super fucking solid. Sam Esmail, that's all I needed, man. Like, yeah. 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 Just phenomenal. Yeah. Did you see this, uh, one of that, that Batman spinoff series? Apparently they're doing one about the Penguin? Yeah, I don't know. I'm on... Are you gonna get Colin Farrell to do an HBO Max show? Probably not. So but then maybe you, if it's I, a limited uh, series, maybe it's not like Colin Farrell's super fucking busy these days. Uh, yeah, that is true. Like he kind of had his fall from grace and he's slowly clawing his way back into the fucking a list table, but he's, he's still not there yet. Uh, yeah. But I think they're just reaching. Cause I saw that and I don't think I don't, it's, I think it's a 50 50 if Colin Farrell's involved or not. But then I also saw that, uh, HBO is going to redo Gotham. I was reading that the other day. What? Yeah, like Fox is Gotham. Huh. Yeah, like they're kind of taking a fucking Game of Thrones approach where they're like, hey, now that we have HBO Max, we're going to do the Batman movies. We're going to do the Commissioner Gordon TV show. We're going to do a Penguin TV show. We have the fucking DC's Titans TV show. Let's reinvent. Let's redo Gotham. Let's do the Gotham TV show as well. I don't know that you need to. I don't think you need to either, but I feel like they're just throwing money at everything and trying to find something that hits home. Okay, so speaking of Fox, they might bring 24 back. I'm only interested if, if Kiefer's it's Kiefer, back. Yeah, yeah. If Kiefer's not there, I don't fucking care at all. So did you watch that side season where they brought it back, but they didn't have Kiefer back? Yeah. I watched part of it and was like, there's no, I'm done with this. There's no Kiefer. Yep. I remember oh, 24 is so fucking good. Like that was such a good fucking show. Like that to me, that show seemed like when TV started to realize you can like kill people unexpectedly and it turns out people like that. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it? Is it the first episode or the last episode of the first season where he just like walks out in front of everyone in their like central office and just shoots someone? Because they're like a double agent or something like that. And everyone's like, yeah, what the fuck? And he's like, no, actually, turns out this is... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if they bring it back with Kiefer, I'm all on board. But I'm not interested in a 24 reboot. Without Kiefer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, he was so good in that show. Did you see what fucking Netflix bought? What did they buy now? The Roland Dahl estate. Oh, yes, I did know that. For a 
big chunk of fucking money too. Yeah. What is the fucking price tag on this? But I mean, like, what else aside from Charlie and the fucking chocolate factory is he famous for? Matilda. Ah, I loved Matilda. That yep. brings back the nostalgia. Right? Right? All right, I'm going to preface this again. And if they don't bring back fucking... Oh, what's her name? She left acting. Okay, so... Mara Wilson? I think so. Okay, so you're ready for me to, like, totally ruin your day about the Matilda stuff? Yeah. You know what they're doing with it? What? They're making it into a musical. Yeah, over it. Not watching that <laughs> hot fucking garbage. I will totally watch that. I will totally watch a Matilda musical. But, like, that's what you get out of that? Like, I... 20... Or... I don't think they have a price tag here, but that's... I mean, is Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Like, is that still a big property? I wouldn't think so. The original is like a beloved cult classic kind of thing. And like the remake they did with Depp was. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fucking mad. I think it was pretty like lukewarmly received. So. And Matilda, like, that was great when I watched it as a Disney movie when I was fucking 10 years old. But I don't think that those two properties alone would be worth that kind of a fucking price tag. So do you know who's doing the new Netflix series for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I don't. Taika Waititi. Directing it or he's going to play Willy Wonka? I believe he is making it, like directing it. Uh, Okay, I'm I'm intrigued. I like Taika, so... Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm a Taika fan, so... Yeah, I don't know. This is weird because, like, I might get flagged for this, but, like, I don't give a fuck about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, the only thing that would draw me to it is the fact that Tyke is doing it. Yeah. Just because I think he's pretty fucking... He's impressive. Yeah. Everything he does is, is impressive. So that's what would draw me to that, but... Yeah. Other than that, meh. Yeah. It's just back to, like, there's not a whole lot of new stuff coming out. Like, you, like I see Celebrity Big Brother is actually going to happen. It sounds like February from what I saw, but even that doesn't have me overly hyped because it's like dancing with the fucking stars. They're never celebrities. Yeah, they're not really fucking celebrities. Like, I'm just going to cross my fingers and pray. Like, this last season they did was actually, like, not bad because it's like, oh, I do know and love Tom Green and I fucking... There were a few people that were in there that I was like, hell yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I I didn't watch that Big Brother celebrity one. Maybe I watched a few episodes, but yeah, it was okay. It wasn't anything to write home about. And then fucking, so you played Life is Strange, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who sold you on that game. Yeah. They're making a TV show about it. I'm into this, but I don't... I'm weary because that the whole thing that made that game... Because that game was masterfully crafted. Like, one of the few games that, while I'm playing it, hit me in the fucking feels up and down the goddamn street. Yep. But that's because in that game, the choices... You make. Yeah, you make those choices. So it's like, okay, this... But I don't... To turn it in... I don't know how it's going to turn out as a series. I don't know either. 
like if they did it like so like i don't know if you saw this but i recent this is going to tie into this but uh i just saw with the whole like netflix previews oh the undertaker fucking, yes. oh, yeah which looks absolutely terrible i have no interest <laughs> in having anything to do with it yeah that being said it's a fucking choose your own adventure yeah so if i'm gonna they, try it out if they do life is strange as a choose your own adventure live action like bandersnatch like bandersnatch then 100 percent, i am into this and i will fucking day one i will be there to choose my fucking adventure yeah i if they go that way yeah. but based on the fact that it looks like it's legendary that means yeah. it's going to be hbo max yeah which means it probably won't be a choose your own adventure no but i think that would have been an incredibly brilliant way to turn that game property into a television property yeah and a huge missed opportunity because that is the yep. game yep. it's a choose your own adventure game and we know based on like the performance of uh bandersnatch that these choose your own adventure live it action well. yeah they they have a fucking place and yeah. like bandersnatch was kind of written to be that way but life is strange the whole game is built that way so like i think it's a real missed opportunity to not go that way yeah and the the tough thing too with like any of those properties where it's like you pick your own path is like when you're doing it in a tv show you're gonna have to cement one of those paths into canon right so you're gonna piss off half the fan base that was like that like no that, like i that's yeah yeah i get what you're saying like because the way i played that game and the way you played it like the choices would be different right mm -hmm. so it's like and that's what made the impact of those games right so it's like yeah. is is that story good enough to be done without those choices and it's like i think the overall story is good enough but it totally depends on how they actually do it but yeah only time will tell i'm gonna check it out regardless because i do have a soft spot for that for that game yeah speaking of fucking hbo max so you used to be able to sub sub uh, subscribe to it on amazon prime not in Canada. Not in Canada. <laughs> but everywhere else where telecoms aren't fucked, you could buy it through there. Yeah. And so that deal lapsed and Amazon isn't renewing it because they're like, we're not going to host this. And apparently HBO is losing a lot of subscribers that way. So they literally cut the price in half for HBO Max. Where they're that's, like, that's why they cut the price? Yeah. So they're like, if you're coming from Amazon Prime subscription... All new and former customers get fifty percent off. See, and I've I've mentioned this before in our fucking podcast. I think whoever comes up with a way to have an overlapping app where you can fucking amalgamate all of your fucking subscriptions into one place is going to reign supreme. Yeah, where it's like you reach out to HBO, you reach out to Showtime, to Cinemax. Reach out to Prime Netflix and be like, hey, they have your subscriptions. We just want them to be able to access it within our app. You're not losing any money. We'll yep. use your API so you still get the views and stuff. We just want a central motherfucking home base mm -hmm. and they will pay us a dollar a month to have it all amalgamated into one. Yep. Because like that's the most annoying part. Like, and prime example would be last night when my fiance and I were trying to pick a movie. Because it was like, oh, we didn't really see anything on Plex that we were intrigued by. So then we closed that. We opened up Netflix. Then we scroll for a bit. 
We're not seeing anything, so we close that, and we open up Prime, and then we're not really seeing anything on Prime. And by the way, out of all of the fucking streaming services, Jesus Christ, Amazon, for the amount of motherfucking money you guys have, fix your fucking UI. Yep. It is by and large the trashiest, shittiest fucking user interface I've ever, ever fucking had to use in my life. You yep. need to fix it. There's oh. absolutely no excuse. You guys own Amazon Web Services. You own Amazon Cloud Services. You have software developers at your fucking disposal. Fix it for the it, love of fuck. It is it is shockingly like appalling how fucking bad that UI is considering the user base and the amount of, the amount of money I, they have. And like I ran into this too. So like me and a buddy started watching Battlestar Galactica, which is an old sci-fi show, which is super good actually. Um, but it's all on Prime. But like trying to like. If you're like I find if you're searching for something on Amazon Prime, you have to go like three layers fucking deep to get it. And half the time, it you'll, like you'll type it in and it'll be like, "Yeah, we have it." And I'm like, "Beautiful." So I, I queued up with my buddy. I was like, "All right, we'll hit play at the same time. We'll do this watch along thing." Oh, actually it's not on here. You got to pay for it. And it's like Yeah. No, it's fuck off. I actively Unless there's a show that is a Prime exclusive and that's the only place I can watch it, I don't even bother to fucking no. touch Prime anymore. No. Because the user interface is just so unintuitive and frustrating to navigate. And like, yeah. I'm I'm not a fucking 70-year-old fucking no. grandpa sitting at home trying to flick through the Prime no. app on a TV. Like, I'm a pretty technologically yeah. savvy motherfucker. And that UI in is garbage. It is terrible. It is fucking bad. The best I've fucking seen, and the only people to do it right, and sometimes I don't like giving them credit for certain things because it irritates me, is Apple TV. Yep. Yep. And not just because of the UI for their own streaming service, but if you have a fucking Apple TV, the box, the set-top streaming box, or you have an iPad or an iPhone, doesn't matter. Any iOS or Mac OS or iPad OS device, you open up that Apple TV fucking app, and shows all of the services. And it'll go, hey, we noticed that you're also signed into Netflix on this device. Do you want to link it to Apple TV? Sure I do. Click. Hey, we also noticed that you subscribe to Prime. Do you want to link that to here? Sure I do. Click. You open yep. up Apple TV and all of your fucking streaming is located in one location. You don't yep. have to switch apps. You don't have to look. You literally one app and you can scroll and see the entire library. Yep. And that is brilliant yep it's fucking and, solid and how no one else has done it blows my mind yeah the closest that i can think of that does that is like the nvidia shield pros homepage kind of has all your stuff where you can kind of scroll into it like it says like here's your netflix here's your plex here's your prime and it'll show like the last thing you watched on all of them so you can just arrow down and click one but that's mm -hmm. the the closest I can think of that anything gets to that. Yeah, and that's bare bones, bare minimum. Yeah. Everyone needs to do better. And Apple TV nailed with how they integrate it all, and more people need to fucking... Someone needs to do that with a global fucking app. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's my two cents on that. Yeah. Speaking of that Amazon Prime shit... 
So I started watching Battlestar Galactica, and I don't know. Are you into the older sci-fi stuff? Oh, hell no. Okay. And I won't talk about it much, but... <laughs> Isn't buddy... that the one where they say frack instead of fuck? Yes, and that is super fucking annoying. And they got the stupid puppets. Puppets? A bunch of... The, I remember a friend who was really into it tried to make me watch it years ago while we were on location. Had some downtime. And I remember watching it and I remember and them going, well, what the frack is up with that? And I was like, oh, that's stupid. It is real dumb. It I is don't real like dumb. that. But then I remember seeing some of the characters that weren't human characters and they looked like terrible Jim Henson puppets. Oh, that could be it. Because it's an older sci-fi show. So some of the effects are not very good nowadays. But yeah, but the overall story of that show is actually really, really cool. Which is why I'm checking it out. But but yeah, there's definitely some bullshit in it. But Fair enough. Fucking. And then we got. Studios fucking seemingly to waffle back and forth whether they're doing dating stuff seems to change every fucking week and it is pissing me off so much that none of them are just saying this is how it is. Well, that's because I know, like, it's pretty fucking apparent to me why they're going this route. And it's because they want to test the waters and be like, okay, if we day and date this, how much money did we make? If we do a 15-day window, theater only, then streaming service, how much money? And they, they're just trying to find the formula to maximize the box office revenue with the streaming revenue. Yeah. It's fucking Disney announced that all of their 2021 stuff is exclusive to theaters. And it's like... I thought, I thought we were finally going to get the day and date stuff that we were hoping for, but it seems like we're not. Uh, I think they just need more data. I think that's what it comes down to is everyone's about making a profit. And I think based on how Shing Chi's been performing, they're like, okay, if we would have done this day and date, we probably wouldn't have made this amount of money. So maybe some of our bigger blockbuster esque stuff will have timed fucking windows. So we'll maximize backs up box office and then get it on the, the downswing with the VOD stuff. Yeah, I don't like it, but I get it from a business yeah. perspective. But yeah, I'm not particularly a fan of it. Plus, you also have directors and shit coming out of the fucking woodwork. Like, fuck this. Like, fuck Jason, streaming. Yeah, yeah. Like the Dune controversy and all that shit. Where it's like, no, no. And then, oh, what pisses me that off too about the Dune stuff is like, and like that Dennis guy. Like, he's one of my top directors right now like i will watch anything he puts out i love all of his movies that he's done but like some of the comments they were saying around this like i remember seeing one headline where it was like him or someone about that movie they were they were like if fans want a second movie about this two-part movie that was always going to be a two-part dune movie because it's such a big thing they were like if fans want to see a second one hit the theaters that's the only way it happens and it's like motherfucker fuck you like yeah, to, yeah, no. If it does like, decent enough, studios are going to put up the fucking money. Yeah, it's like to like fucking yell at your fans. Like the only way you're getting another one is if you go to a theater. It's like, man, fuck off. The one that pisses me off is when I hear some of these directors go, no, I don't want it released a day and date or video on demand. This movie was meant to be seen on a big screen in IMAX. And it's like, okay, so what about the people who don't have access to theaters? Yeah. They're, they just, they're never meant to watch Dune because they can't watch it in yeah. IMAX? Yeah, it's like fuck you. Fuck or the town, off. like our our closest theater, our closest they, IMAX is in, is close to a two hour drive away. Yeah, we don't have an IMAX. Like we have an AVX, but that's not the same thing. 
So what? Like, oh, this is meant to be seen on an IMAX screen? Okay, well, not all of us have the luxury to drive two hours to watch a two-hour movie and then drive home so we can go to work the next day. Yep. So if I don't see it in IMAX, then what? I should just get fucked? Yeah, I should just <laughs> never watch this movie? Or the, yeah. just straight up the people who just don't like theaters, yeah. who like movies, yeah. but they don't want to watch. So it's like, oh, because yeah. I own a 60-inch TV and not a fucking uh, 500-inch screen in my fucking basement yeah. with without proper fucking Dolby Atmos, like I just... I should never get to experience Doom yep. because I'm going to watch it on my own TV. Yep. Like the majority of the viewing that I do nowadays, just because I've always got other things on the go, yep. is honestly sitting at my fucking computer. Yeah, totally. So this is this is it's a 1440p fucking ultra wide screen. It is not an IMAX screen. It's not even fucking 4K. I run headphones, so I don't have Dolby Atmos. I don't have Dolby Digital. Yep. I don't have THX certified. Fuck all. So what? Your movies? I'm just. I'm not meant to watch your movies. Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. And especially, like, as someone over the pandemic that invested in a in thousands of dollars of home theater that has Dolby Atmos, it's like I can get the movie theater experience two feet that way, and it's mm -hmm. just fine. Like, so yeah, just the that whole mentality of like you have to see it this way, and it's like. It's coming from someone like me and a few buddies usually end up doing an IMAX or two every year just because there's certain movies where it's like, okay, I kind of want to see that in IMAX. Like, yeah. I'm totally going to see Top Gun, the new one in IMAX. But, like, it's a full day affair. It's like we're going down on a Saturday. We're driving two hours to Edmonton or Calgary. You know, you're getting lunch, watching the movie, and by the time you're back, it's like fucking eight o'clock at night. You know? Yeah, well, and so in my situation, like, because we don't have a close fucking IMAX, I don't get to either of the big cities north or south of us very often. Yeah. Those exactly. are my only options for IMAX. And my work schedule, it's pretty shitty. I work yeah. 15 days on, and I do 16-hour days, 15 days in a row, away from home, living out yep. of a fucking hotel. I'm home for six days. So in those six days, I got to do my laundry. I got to do all my <laughs> normal stuff that people can do every other fucking night that I don't get a chance to because I, I'm gone three weeks yep. out of the month. You don't and have I time gotta, to yeah, I gotta kill a day friends, to go to yeah. family, all this stuff. Time with my fiance. I yeah. also need some time to myself. Yeah. Because I'm constantly surrounded by people and sometimes you just need time to unwind and yeah. relax on yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like I don't my schedule isn't super big where this is just something yeah. for me. So like fuck all of you big Hollywood directors who like my life's too fucking busy and therefore I just should never get an opportunity to see these movies because I can't experience them the way that you specifically want me to experience them. As yes. far as I'm concerned, when you're making a movie and you're putting all this time and effort into it, yes, you want everyone to have the best experience possible. Yep. But the best experience that you think people should have doesn't necessarily mean it's the best experience for me. You can go yep. fuck yourself for telling me how should I should view and enjoy my entertainment. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it, that, that whole mentality of like, you have to see it this way. It's just like, get fucked. Fuck you. Yeah, like, like, can you imagine if artists all of a sudden yeah. were like, hey, I got a new album, but I can't have you listening to it on your fucking AirPods that don't have studio quality sound. So yep. the only way that you can listen to my new album is if you come see it performed live in a specialty arena that is acoustically tuned. Yeah. People will be Other, like, Otherwise you can't. Yeah. People are like, okay, cool. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the... Fuck. Anyway, I digress. It's just especially egregious when they're like, like that Dune one hit me the wrong way because they're just like, yo, if you want a second one, you gotta see it in theaters. And it's like, motherfucker, 
you're gonna get a second one regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, don't pull that fucking dumbass shit. Fucking. Speaking of weird fucking things, remember that Halo series that seems to never come out and probably never will? Yeah. Is it actually coming out now? Well, they're now putting it on Paramount Plus, so it's going to be a streaming only thing. And apparently, air quotes, we're finally getting it in 2022. Yeah. I'll I'm, believe that when yeah. I actually fucking see it, because that thing has been... right there. That thing has been in development since like 2010? I think? 2011? Like, it's been around forever. Yeah, when it's... Uh finally has an official concrete release date and when that release date actually comes and I can click on it and watch it then I'll fucking believe it until then I'm just going to take this as more gossip and hearsay uh, yeah we got a fucking so that Dexter the new season of Dexter mm-hmm. apparently it's going to take place over two weeks the whole thing yeah I, I it's fucking weird as shit that they gave us this time frame. I don't know why they did that. Why would you come out and be like, the in-show timeline is two weeks? Does that matter? I don't, I'm fine with it. That means yeah. that the whole thing's gonna get released fucking super quickly. Then that's just the faster I can fucking burn it. That comes out soon, isn't it? Yeah, I think next month. I... They can't, they can't butcher it again, can they? Like, they can't. I really hope they can't, but, I mean, I've seen stupider things happen. Like, they can't. They can't do his dirty again. They can't. Fingers crossed, man. It can't happen. Fucking, here's some HBO Max stuff that I'm, like, super excited about. Steven Sodenberg is gonna do, like, a limited series. So, dude that did, like, all the Oceans movies and stuff? Yeah. And it's going to be about, like, a kidnapping gone wrong. And I'm hoping this is, like, a la kind of Ocean's Eleven, here's a great-ass big cast for a six-episode series. Just a miniseries? Yeah. Yeah, It's just going to be a six-episode miniseries, and that's it. (laughs) So. Fingers crossed. I personally love miniseries. Yeah. I would love so much more movies to be made miniseries instead of movies because you just get to cover so much more and you you also cross the problem off the list of like is there going to be another season yeah because it's just like here's your one and done like oh shit what was uh like a lot of the stephen king uh shows and like the apple shows have been miniseries right like defending jacob i fucking loved that show i knew going in it was eight episodes and that's it and it was this great story for eight episodes awesome yeah you know so it's yeah more movies need to be miniseries i think especially like i like i that's why i'm really excited about like the amazon lord of the rings like tv show and stuff like that like some of that stuff like i think makes sense for a longer format right yeah, well, it's funny because you look at the size of the Lord of the Rings books and they did them in like two or three hour movies. Can you imagine if instead of HBO doing seven or eight seasons of Game of Thrones, you just got a two hour movie every year for Game of Thrones like that never would have worked. No, not at all. And I and, granted, yeah, Lord of the Rings worked because at the end of the day, the story yeah. is incredibly simple. Guy gets ring, walks to volcano, drop ring in volcano. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. But that being said, like, I think if you were able to cover eight or like a 10 episode, one hour piece, that's 10 hours to cover each fucking book. You'd be able to do so much more with it. Oh yeah. That's why I'm excited about that. Amazon Drew. And the fucking, did you ever watch the sinner? I know I've talked about it. The sinner. Yeah. The TV show. Yes and no. Okay. So you were talking about it once and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I got really pissed off because I saw it on Netflix, went and hit play. And for whatever reason, it just started with the second season. That's right. I I was like, oh, this is how far I got. And you're like, uh, that's not the first season. (laughs) That's right. Okay. That's right. And I never actually finished it. Come to think about it. (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, if Netflix did me dirty that way, I probably would drop it too. But apparently never completed it. Yeah. But apparently uh, we're getting to season four in October, oh. which is super quick because I, I had no idea they were going to do a season four. And yeah, this I, article came out and they were like, hey, it comes soon. So didn't even know there was a season three. Yeah, there is a season three, which like, eh, wasn't that great. So I don't know. That show had a really strong first season and then the second season was like okay that, that was still good and then i found the third season was like eh. so i'm i'm curious about the fourth season because i like bill pullman mm-hmm. and i think he does that character really good but yeah okay so let's just address the elephant in the room here the fucking mario casting yeah what the fuck <laughs> okay fucking chris pratt is mario get the fuck out of here see like what? I'm I'm okay. I and I didn't. I haven't. Other than Chris Pratt voicing Mario, I haven't paid attention to who else is voicing who. I guess I can see now here. But like Keegan Michael Key is phenomenal at impressions and all this other stuff. I think Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, I think he could voice anyone in yep. the fucking Mario world. But I don't see how Chris Pratt is going to do fucking Mario. And Seth I don't. Seth Rogen see- is Donkey Kong. Yeah, I don't fuck it. Like, okay, the only casting out of this that I actually make sense is Anya Taylor Joy's Peach. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that's sure. simple enough. You just yeah. need like a higher pitched female voice. Yeah. It doesn't seem very complicated. Seth Rogen has a very discernible voice. Yeah. Like even when Seth, like that movie, that animated one they did with all the fucking fruits and vegetables. Sausage Party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he they he voiced a few different things. Like anytime you he voiced a character and that you're like, oh, that's Seth Rogen. Yep. His, his voice, even when he tries to do other voice work, is still Seth Rogen. He's mm-hmm. not like he can't do alternate voices yep. overly well because he's got such a distinct fucking voice that it's not you can just always tell. Yep. So that I don't know. That seems weird to me, but I'm still struggling with, and I love Chris Pratt and I love Charlie day, but I'm just fucking floored as to how in the hell they're going to be Mario and Luigi. I don't (laughs) see it. Yeah. Jack black is Bowser. Sure. That, that one makes sense. Fred Armisen is cranky Kong. Yeah. I mean, Fred Armisen does really good deadpan. So sure. Yeah. I, I think he could pull that off, but there's so much to the, but like obviously they're doing a Mario animated movie yes. or whatever in the same vein that they do like the Lego movies where they're meant to be overly childish and overly 
kid orientated, right? Because like you watch yes. the Lego movies and you hear the voices and it doesn't bother you because it's so ridiculous and geared toward kids that it don't matter. I like obviously this isn't meant for nostalgic legacy people like ourselves that are like, I grew up with Mario. I'd love to see something yeah. other than that fucking awful live action one they did. Uh, yeah. God, the the fucking internet's collective reaction to this casting was like something I haven't seen in a good long time. Yeah, it was something fierce, eh? Where it was just like everyone was like, "Fucking what? Like who who came up with this cast?" Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Super, super, super fucked up. But oh fuck. Hey, I guess we're getting a fucking Chris Pratt and Charlie Day's fucking Mario and Luigi. Yeah, that's super weird to me, but it is what it is. Fuck. Fucking. What else did I watch? Oh, I checked out a few other things. Some marriage story on HBO. That show is so fucking weird. Yeah, I saw was a trailer so and was fucking weird. Took a hard pass on that one. I watched the first episode and then I like got into because I, I like I really like Jessica Chastain and uh, oh shit, um, oh why can't I think of his name? Um, Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. Like I love them, so I was like, I'm gonna check it out. But like halfway through the second episode, I just turned it off. That bad, eh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not. They're both really good in it, like they're acting wise. Like they they knock it out of the park that way, but it's just the story. I just don't give a fuck about it. Cause it's it is literally scenes from a marriage. So what they do is like they take these troubling points in their marriage and they shoot a fifty minute scene about it, and that is the show. Oh. And I don't give a fuck about those marriage problems because they're not mine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right? Like, it's super fucking weird. Yeah. I, I can't comment on it at all because I, uh, yeah, I saw a trailer and was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Yeah. And just never bothered to go any further than that. Yeah. Like, HBO know. manages to, like, really hit it home a lot of the time, but then sometimes they throw stuff up and you're just like, mm. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was a that was an experiment. Mm-hmm. And then I checked out that reminiscent movie with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I haven't haven't watched it. Been curious. That movie has a really cool fucking premise that just never delivers. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, the premise is like it's kind of like Waterworld in the sense that like a bunch of the world has flooded, and so. There's like this city that is like people are living in apartments that are flooded and it's like this dystopian future fucking thing. Okay. Which I can get behind. And Hugh Jackman is great. Yeah. And so the premise is like it's so fucked up uh, that people need an escape. And so Hugh Jackman has this old military interrogation equipment that essentially you put it on, put it on and you can relive your memories. So he's selling this service to people like, hey, shit sucks, you can't eat, you're living in fucking water. Put this headset on and relive your best moments, right? Cool. And so 
it kind of goes on and turns into this like noir detective style thing with Hugh Jackman where he's like um did you ever play Fallout 4? Uh yeah, never beat it, but I played it. Did you get to the point in that game where you're going into someone's head and like piecing together stuff? No. Okay. Well, so that's essentially what he's doing is like something happens and he's looking for this person. So he's like going through his memories and like other people and like watching other people's memories, like trying to pick up this trail of like where this person went in their life. And that's where it turns into this like noir detective style thing. Like all this sounds awesome. Yeah. But like the movie just like never, like it never delivers on any of it in a satisfying way. Kind of like, I don't want to say like Stillwater, but like it's like it's this cool premise but like as it keeps going and then when the movie finally resolves itself i was like i'm i'm not happy with that and like it's fucking weird because i was like this premise is awesome and it's written and directed by lisa joy Mm -hmm. so like knows their shit but like i don't know it was just like a cool as fuck premise that just in my mind doesn't quite nail it yeah like if you have it i think it's definitely worth a watch i don't know that i would put it like at the top of your list but but i've been meaning to check it out i just i don't know like sometimes i'll get in the mood where it's like hey i want to watch something and i'll scroll through and like none of these Uh, movies i want to watch like to commit 90 to 120 minutes is too much right now i'd rather watch something that's 30 minutes long and then if i get bored or change my mind i'm not stopping halfway through a movie yeah and then i did you ever watch uh the the movie three billboards outside of ebbing missouri yeah you didn't like it no i loved it i thought the movie was fucking great where like the daughter gets murdered or whatever and and she she, puts the signs up police won't do anything and the one cop is like an alcoholic d-bag and yeah yeah, no, I thought it was uh, not very entertaining. Okay, that's fair. It reminds me a lot of like Manchester by the Sea, like that kind of movie, which I know, like you, we have very different thoughts on that movie. So yeah, so like I won't talk about it much, but like I found it like one of those where I was like super into the characters and the character rating. You know what the irony of all this is? What is you went and saw Green Knight in theaters mm-hmm. with a great cast, great filmography, cinematography, all that stuff. And yeah, you, the movie fucking sucks. And it sucked. And your yeah. exact words were, it was pointless. There was no fucking point to it. It was too artsy and it was pointless. Yep. That is Manchester by the sea in a different location in a different time period. It is the same thing. But there here's is no fucking overall point to it. Nope. It's an artsy fucking film with a good cast and great cinematography. Yep. But there's no point to it. It is yep. Green Knight. They are the same fucking movie. Nope. Yes. Manchester by the sea is a character study. That's so what is, I. That's what I classify. So Green Knight. As, no, Green Knight is just a bad movie. Manchester by the Sea is like a character study. I find. No, it was. Where it focuses on the characters. Fucking flop. Nah, it's great. No, don't don't even compare Green Knight to Manchester. By I can. I just did, and I'm gonna throw fucking Denzel Washington's piece of shit fences in there too. Okay, all the I, same trash. Okay, fuck you for Manchester by the Sea. The movie's great. Those that other was, two movies though. They can so fuck themselves. They're all the same. They're the same movies. They're they're fundamentally the same. I'll die on that hill. You could stand tall and stand stand <laughs> proud, man. That's fine. You do you. Fair enough. So I finally watched that fucking second escape room. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That is definitely just more of that first one. Oh, one hundred percent. With better rooms. <clears throat> so oh, is, yeah. it is exactly what I wanted. Like mm-hmm. that movie was solid. Um, I told you if you like the first one, yeah, you like the second one. They ramp up like, like coming out of the first one. I think one of my complaints was like I want better rooms, and they they gave that to me. So I'm curious if they do a third one. They have to. They got on the plane. This all culminated. They like reveal the whole twist that the whole plan was to get her on this fucking plane. And she, got, they, she got on the plane. Because yeah, they start the movie with with their testing the plane. Like the, they tease the first it. one ends with them testing the plane. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then you don't realize it until the end of the second one, and that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you get, you you get hinted that like oh yeah, at the end of the first one, they definitely hint that this plane is its big fucking puzzle, and they're doing simulators and all this other shit. And then, like in the second one, they don't get on a plane because she still has the fear of flying. So yep. they drive, right? Right, but right, then right. You get the right. big reveal throughout the end that, like, all of this was culminating to make her think that she solved it, ended it, so that they can get her on this fucking plane. Yeah, yeah. These so, there has ahead. to be a third yeah. one. There has to be. Yeah. These are the modern day cube movies. Oh, for sure. And like as someone that like watched those cute movies and like they are horribly bad horror movies, but like I strangely like them. It's like, yeah, that's what these are. Yeah, like they're they're solid, they're fucking great. You know exactly what you're getting out of it, right? Like th- those are movies that very clearly know what they are and know the right amount of seriousness they need to take themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like we're a horror escape room movie. We know half of this is bullshit. Just yeah. come along for the ride. Mm-hmm. So, no, it was. I enjoyed it. It's nothing to write home about. It's not uh, mind blowing blockbuster twists and thrills. But I like the fact that what's her name came back. She wasn't actually dead, and she was the puzzle master for this new set. And <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. I enjoyed it, and I'll when the third one comes out, I'll fucking watch it too. Yeah, and yeah, Blue Mouse is like pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see here. I thought there was some TV that was coming out that looks alright. Where's my sonar calendar? Something. Midnight Mass. So you know the guy that did Haunting Hill House and all of those? Fly Manor, yeah. That's on that, Netflix now. That's yeah, live. That's his new show. Yeah, I saw the preview. We watched the trailer for it last night. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I liked Haunting the Hill House. Bly Manor didn't didn't really knock my socks off. I was like, yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. So I'm kind of just holding off on the fence. Yeah. And then Apple TV has like a weekly sh- new weekly show coming out called The Foundation, and it's getting like really good Rotten Tomatoes reviews. The Foundation. Yeah, and it's got uh, it's got a really good cast. Um. It's kind of like sci-fi esque kind of thing, and it like it looks really good. I recall even hearing about that one. Yeah, it's uh, the foundation. Yep. Can't even fucking. Oh yeah. I'm really, uh, I'm really curious to try that out because Apple TV, like we've talked about this before, it turns out Apple TV is really good. Hmm. Does they have any episodes of Foundation? There obviously have some episodes out. Yeah, two episodes are out right now. Okay, okay. There's that one that's coming out to Apple TV soon. I'm looking forward to Wool. Wool. 
Yeah. Set what the in fuck a, is that? Set in a ruined, toxic future where a community exists in a giant silo underground, oh, hundreds yeah. of stories deep. Yeah. When that is that one. one? When is that one out? I don't know when it comes out. It's not out yet, but I am looking forward to that one. Yeah. And like, I haven't started in on it yet, but I'm very much looking forward to watching the fucking the new Dan Brown series. Yeah, I'll check that out too. And then I also want to check out that American Crime Story has got its new season. Oh, which yeah, is yeah, on yeah. like the uh, oh, when Clinton got that blowjob. Yeah. TV's like starting to pick up a little bit. It seems like. I really I'm not going to lie. The thing on my priority list now is billions because of you saying how different Paul Giamatti is. I want to see how fucked up that is. Yeah, it's uh yeah. It's, oh shit. You know what starts soon? Succession, baby. Yeah, I still haven't watched that yet. Fuck, you should. It's so good. Yeah, I I I know you will like it. It's like imagine if HBO did billions, but it was rich people problems. It's really? so good. It's so good, dude. It's so good. Okay, okay. It's good. Well, I keep like I've seen trailers like oh a new season coming soon and I don't because I never really looked into anything about it didn't realize that Kiernan Culkin was fucking yeah. in there and he looks the trailers I've seen I'm like okay 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 he's fucking fantastic in it mm-hmm. and the new season is gonna have was it Adrian Brody and oh someone else that they added I remember we talked about it and it's like another person like that but they're getting good cast. Yeah, well, maybe that'll be the next one I fucking dive into. It's good, and, like, they're not terribly long, like, uh, 10 episodes per season, so. Yeah, that's not bad. That's manageable, for sure. Yeah, but it's really good. It's, like, I remember starting to watch that after, because I want to say, like, it was after the Billions break, and because we were kind of lukewarm on where billions was going, yeah. And then, like, I remember picking up Succession, and I was like, "This is totally what I need to get me over that billions." Like, kind of, meh. Which are is that? Because you've watched a few episodes of Billions. Like, is it like in this new season? Yeah. Like, is it it's, getting? It's I don't know. It it doesn't feel like it's going back to its roots. Uh, it still seems a little dramatic. But it's still good. But there's some big. Uh, there's been some new reveals so far in the three episodes that have aired. A la. I would compare them to some pretty big character reveals similar to Suits. Okay. Which you're going to sit here and ponder, like, well, what is he fucking talking about? And then when you get to that episode. You'll go, oh, I get the reference to Suits. Huh. You'll get there. There's only three episodes out. It wouldn't take you very long no, to fucking catch up. I'm probably going to watch them tonight. Because, like, you saying that, and then the Paul Giamatti stuff is like, now my curiosity is just, like, really peaked, where I'm just like, uh, okay. All right. It's, it's, I, I still love Billions. Even when they yeah. get off track, I still just love Billions. Uh, and there's, like, there's been some things that happened where you're like, oh, yeah, fucking really fucking gave it to that motherfucker. It's been good. I've every as soon as the new one comes out, I'm fucking. There's only watching. one more left and then it's done for the season. 
Fuck, really? Yeah. Because they did their mid-season break at episode seven. No, there's two left, you fucker. Oh, oh, sorry, there's one tonight. Yeah. God oh, okay. damn it. All right. Get on board here. All right. But yes. Yeah, there's only been three episodes out. And in those three epins, you see some people get a pretty big fucking comeuppance. And you get some pretty big, uh, again, I'll reference, some pretty big suits level uh, character hmm. revelations. All right, I'm intrigued. Because yeah, it's like you said, like... They get off topic, but like the core people, like, um, God, why can't I think of the fucking names? But like Paul Giamatti and uh, other dude, like they're just always great in that show, right? So it's yeah, like phenomenal. The core of that show will always be them, and as long as they're in it, like I will still watch it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, no, it's been good. I've got no complaints. Yeah. Can't wait for tonight's episode. Yeah. I'll probably watch those soon. Well, that's all I got. Yeah, I don't really... That was a good uh, three-hour fucking marathon there, so... Yeah. Yeah, so... We'll see if this is the format we experiment more with, or whatever, mm-hmm. but... But yeah. Like I said at the beginning of this three-hour thing, fucking if you have a, a thought on it, or a question, fucking shoot us an email at tuningthroughthestatic at gmail.com. But, mm. All right, I'll catch you on the next one. A later.